Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we review popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm more of a dog person. I mean, I'm Alex. And I'm Britton. That's right, guys. Your Jellicle buddies are back again. Uh, happy! This is our big New Year's spectacular. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, hey, I think we've all got 2020 vision today, right, guys? Oh, boy. So... We, um, <laughs> But I also may not have vision because I've looked upon something that might be God's final trick on man. As have I. <laughs> yes, we have. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's a... How are you doing, Alex? Over there in your comfier chair. I think I'm doing better than the both of you. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we're all in the same room today. Uh, Alex uh, came up. He, he, he surfaced. Uh-huh. And joined us on land for a big New Year's friend-tacular, a real friend around. And just just a little update on the Titanic. Nothing's changed. Good. <laughs> still big, Come still on. sunk. <laughs> Titanic 2020. Just like still big, still I was going to say, just like the movie we were discussing. <laughs> uh, <I> mean, well, <laughs> now I think so. So we're going to do something a little bit different. For, I promise you guys. After this, we're going to get back to actual episodes. Um, I don't know. Yeah, there is a direct correlation between uh, when we did Phantom of the Opera <laughs> onward uh, to this podcast just kind of losing its dang mind. Yeah, um, and, I, and I, I, I will say Pitch Perfect and Santa Claus are both franchises. That is we true. did them. Technically. We, we also found a lot of excuses. Yeah, I, that's, this is, it's a, it's a very weird uh, set of decisions that have led us to this point. It is, but I think also it's the holidays. Things we all get a little, you know, it's fine. You can get a little more creative. You have a little too much uh, hot cocoa, and then exactly. you lose your and mind. Somewhere. So we're doing... and then you want to see a Toby Hooper movie. Toby Hooper is that his name? No, I think <laughs> oh Tom Hooper. Tom Hooper. Toby Hooper did Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> that's all right. That's too good. <laughs> so <laughs> it's basically the same movie. Now, you, now, now you've gone ahead and uh, and given the director Alex what movie will be discussed in this podcast. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> I mean, cats. We are. No, this is... So what we decided to do... This, this is not a joke. No, we are going to talk about cats. But here's the thing. Huge disclaimer. Alex did not want to see this movie. Tyler, Tyler, For obvious reasons? Tyler and I are willing deranged brave souls correct so what we're gonna do if for, uh, loyal listeners might remember a while back when we were doing james bond movies uh alex and tyler explained live and let die to me since i wasn't able to watch it uh, in time of the recording um what we're gonna do tyler and i we're gonna take alex through this magical jellical yeah. mystical yeah. world we're gonna explore the lore of cats we're gonna explore it we're gonna explain uh-huh. it we're gonna try to retain it and maybe defame it um, and then by the end of it, maybe Alex will, uh, maybe he'll want to see the movie. Maybe he'll want to ascend to the heaviside lair, or maybe he'll want to stay down here in the gutters. I still do not actually know what they're saying when they say that. The heaviside lair? Yes. Um, like, like the, the actual, I would, I could not tell you how that is spelled or what is it's, that. It's, if it's, is it one word? Is it is it one three? word. Is H-E-A-V-I-S-I-D-E. Lair. Which I, I don't know if it's, <laughs> let me look. Because I've got the synopsis here. I'm looking at now, the, the critics' consensus on Rotten Tomatoes right now, and there's a cat pun, and I'm upset. This <laughs> spells it as L-A-Y-E-R. Okay. Now, as we get into the plot, we will. there's a lot of jokes. 
So, Alex, what are the critics' scores on this on Cats by Tom Hooper? Yes, uh, from from uh, 2019, obviously directed by Tom Hooper, Cats has a an 18% critic score and a 54% audience score. And I need to read the critics' consensus real quick. Okay. Please. So we can all just, like, yeah, no, accept no, no, no. this. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Despite its formidable cast. No! <laughs> This Cats adaptation is a clawful mistake that will leave most viewers begging to be put out of their misery. (laughs) Don't make it. They didn't even go for meowsery? Yeah. I mean, you're going to do clawful. Oh. (laughs) Oh, wait, no, no, no. Gene Shallot right They did go for that pun. It does say meowsery? It does say meowsery. Your your brain just protected you? (laughs) I I was just... You know, because, like, mentally, like, sometimes when you're reading something, like, if you're reading a book... Well, you know how the end of... That's how trauma works. You just kind of... You block it out, and... Well, it's like that meme where people, like... It's all written, like, backwards or in, like, with numbers replaced with letters, but it's like, if you can read this, then you have a functioning brain or whatever. Uh, Anyway. You are a smart... So I want to, real quick, dive into a disclaimer about the movie. So... <laughs> or, or, or I should say more about. I feel like about, with this one, there's a lot of disclaimers lot about movie discussion. Disclaimer about the movie: don't watch it. There, <laughs> there is a a trend in movie reviews where people will rest on the comedy joke of "this movie hurt me." And I'm like, no, it didn't. You were bored during a Batman movie. That's not. Sure. That's stop it. You're not clever. You're not funny. That's not anything. Is that aimed at me? No, it's, 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 yeah, it's like <laughs> the people of the because universe. he's not aiming it at you. I am aiming it because at you. Batman v Superman did hurt me. <laughs> but but I'm, like, you know what I mean? Like people just go to these yeah. very like hyperbolic things. Yeah. And this is a movie that I, when I first heard that it was getting so panned, I was like, well, I wonder what the frame of reference for the audience sure. is, and not to be condescending or anything, but like, you know, our audience is not familiar with musicals, ballet stuff, where they didn't really know what the show was. Who knows? When the critics, who have seen so many more movies, were like, I don't know what I just watched. Yes. I went, okay, that says something. Because yes. you've seen, possibly more likely, these bizarre like foreign and, horror movies or whatever. In, in general, I think the frame of reference that's missing here, and, and this sounds like a joke, but it's, it's not entirely, is the frame of reference for Cats the Musical. It is, yeah. Because I think... My, uh, I, I've talked about it on this podcast before. My experience with, with watching yes, yep. cats uh, on a cruise, having on a cruise on a boat uh, with where there, no one could hear me scream, uh, <laughs> and, and just like having no idea what what I was getting into or any of my, my yeah. uh, family members or uh, Alex Prime, who is a friend of the podcast, yes. I've discussed, uh, was was there for that experience as well, and uh, we all had no idea what we were getting into. We were just like, "Oh, cats, it's popular. This will be fun, right?" And then we were like, "What did? What is happening? Yeah. Why are we here? What? What yeah. is life? Who? Humanity? What? What does it all mean?" Yeah. Um. Uh, and that was only after like the first act. So like. Yeah. It's it's a very strange musical, and then they go and do this, and I think people already have no idea what the musical is about. Yeah, and and to me, yeah, full full seriousness, like I think people had no idea what they were getting into to begin with, not even accounting for the right. many stylistic choices. We'll say that we'll talk about. Yes, because um, it is it is a movie that so much of what is hard to accept about it is easier to accept in a theater, which I'll kind of touch on as we go through. Sure, but. We, we've talked a lot about how we're more willing to suspend certain disbelief in the theater versus a movie and everything. They also – some of it is just, okay, there was just no way to do this. Why did you try to yeah. do this? And some of it is, why did you do that? I think the big question that I have is, should this movie exist? 
I mean, like, he, like yeah. d- does it manage to justify itself as an adaptation of, of a musical on the big screen? I And is there, if not, was there a way that they could have done that? Okay. Um, I'm not, I'm not, huh, huh. Hmm. I would argue yes to both. I, I think that, well, um, I don't want to get jump ahead. I will, my experience with Cats prior to this uh, is to say that I, there was a DVD of, from 1998. Uh-huh. That is a taped version of the show. Sure. It's not with an audience. They just like got all the I got a cast of pe- of actors in a studio, but essentially filmed the play on a on a studio set. Right. And where you're very close up to a lot of close ups and everything, but you still basically get a view of what the show is and all that stuff. That's my version of the show. That was what I compare Cats to whenever I, I whenever I saw the movie, which was yesterday. And so, I think that's. That was enough. <laughs> like, you don't need to make a feature film out of it because it's hard enough to accept what you already have on the stage. But I think you can do it. Mm-hmm. I think asking for more is is yes, is, sure. is lofty when they make the decisions you make. They were already reaching the the threshold of suspension of disbelief, sure, right? And then sure. they just yeah. it was already it a, a divisive musical, and then yeah, yeah. that is fair. And and so yeah. I, and, I, and I brought up the thing about comedy and reviews just to say that you know people say that stuff a lot, and I think they often say it out of laziness or out of like it's just a comedy crutch. I will likely be making those jokes with full sincerity of my heart. <laughs> like, <laughs> I might... So I, you love the movie, right? I was physically weaker when I left the theater. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. I had, like, coffee and a sandwich and a muffin before I went in. I was, like, hale and hearty. And I left the theater, like, like physically, like, I gotta go to the gym and just get something. I, I need to, like, remind myself of my own humanity. Like, it was very... It was profound. Sure. Uh, to say the least. Um, also, uh, just to set uh, some context, I was the only person in my screening. The sole, the sole person, Tyler. What was your situation? The sole uh, victim I, of that screening. <laughs> well, the, the main. I think the main thrust that allowed this podcast to happen, uh, specifically this episode of the podcast, I should say. Um, no, no, no. When when we started this from the beginning, we knew was, where it was leading. It, it, we we planned it from the beginning uh, to to lead us to this room. <clears throat> No, uh, it it's was like actually, Rise of Skywalker. We had it all se- planned. Several of the same of the same uh, members of my my family who experienced cats with me uh, were inspired by the trailer immediately when it came out to go see this movie. Yeah. pretty much from the get go, it was yeah. just like full speed ahead. Let's do it. And uh, so we did see it. Um, it was like a couple weeks maybe after it came out. There were maybe five, six other people in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, it was quite a it was quite a thing. Um, we all burst out laughing at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the movie's set to lose at least a couple hundred million from uh, the studio. I don't know the a couple hundred million. I don't. I think the budget was. We can check this. We have the we have the technology. Um, well, I, I had the genuine uh, thought of like, is this it, is the incredible the incredibly poor reception, all the memes and Reddit and stuff, all uh-huh. that, is that going to increase its box office? Are people going to be like, I got it? Because sure. there are people like me who love good, bad movies. I think that's the only people that are seeing it at this point. Yeah, I, I, like I think it started with people genuinely like, oh, I know the show like musicals or yeah, yeah. holidays, family stuff, go see it. This is not a family film. It is not. It is rated PG. It's not a family film. <laughs> I don't. 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 All right, I got to know... We'll get why that is. We'll get there. We'll get there. But but yeah, uh, I was very nervous, and I was the only one. And you know, during the trailers and blah blah, blah, I was like, I don't. If I'd walked in and people had been there, I would have been okay. But I was terrified that another soul would walk in and see me sitting there, an adult man, 
watching this movie by myself. Sure. And then they ask you, what are you doing here? And you're like, I'm doing it for a podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I'm a straight white man, so it's obviously for a podcast. <laughs> Um, but hey, enough enough overture. Let's get into yeah. this movie, huh? Wait, okay, so uh, yeah. Uh, so, Alex, are you so ready? I, I I have like basically no idea what the movie is about. Cool. I've seen the trailers. Um, I know some yeah. of the actors that are in it, but I'm I'm going into this relatively cold, yeah. and so I just want Britton and Tyler to tell me what the heck happens sure. in this movie. Sure. And I'll uh, say the the show has a thin plot at best, but I, I that's fine. I don't like the argument that musicals don't need plots. I prefer to think of them as they don't have to rely on. Because it, it, there's an old theatrical tradition, vaudeville, these reviews, where it would just be a vague theme and a bunch of performances. Right. And that's kind of what Cats is as a show. And I think that's fine. And again, when you're in a theater, you're like, oh, this is just like a talent show. Just a lot of different characters coming up and doing introductory songs. There's kind of a theme. Yeah. And there's kind of a momentum of plot, but not really. And you can accept that. But in a movie, you need more plot. Well, that was kind of my argument about the Phantom of the Opera movie. Sure. Was... I was very disappointed by the story and the fact that it felt like very little effort was put in on that. And then yeah. the musical numbers themselves... Sure, felt, felt kind of flat. Yeah. And this is one that uh, Lee Hall, uh, playwright, who wrote a uh, previous Britain recommendation and new Alex uh, fan favorite, Rocket Man. Um, Big he, thumbs up. Yo, so good. He and Tom Hooper wrote... You want to uh, talk about a wonderful musical. Honestly, though. He and Tom <laughs> Hooper adapted the, the show. And I think... They found a really neat way to kind of guide the story and, yeah. and give it some actual plot. Not too much, but enough to make it work. And I think that's that's a good thing. So, sure. let's... Re- re- real quick. Yeah. One, one last yeah. note on our kind of opening interest there. Uh, Cats did have a budget of $95 million. Ooh, okay. Uh, and and roughly, roughly double that for marketing costs. It will probably end up... I'm, I, basically, at this point, it's made like $17 million in North America yeah. and like $13 million everywhere else and and then whatever they and for the marketing we release and, and fixing yes, the digital effects sure, which gosh. we can get into sure. oh yeah uh, it's it's a it's a complete dumpster fire yes, of a release. It's, it's it's supposed to lose it, it's right now it's looking like it's going to lose when all is considered like 70 million wow. something like that like it's not wow. great no. <laughs> well that's that's not even considering the cut that goes to the theater chains versus yeah. the, the studio yeah, yeah. right right itself yeah. um so cats. It's almost like making a <laughs> so movie. On that note, yeah, it's almost by, like making a movie out of cats wasn't the best idea. By Angel Ed Weber. So the the movie opens. It's better or worse than Phantom of the Opera in terms of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh say what? As a movie or as a show? Both. In what sense? I think I don't that, know. I think the Phantom is a better show. I think I like more of the music in Cats. This is a pure musical experience. Sure. Okay. I think that Phantom the, the movie is a way this <laughs> okay. a way better movie. Okay. Yes, well, no, because none of us were high on, sure. on the Phantom. No, movie, and, so. and this movie does things well. Okay, uh, so the we movie the movie opens with the introduction of a furry blue hero named Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, this is a trailer for the Sonic the Hedgehog film, <laughs> and he's a rude blue dude with tood, and he's got these crazy powers where he goes really fast. Um, then there's a trailer for Call of the Wild, where Harrison Ford, I think, falls in love with a dog. A CGI dog. A CGI dog. Then I also got with Doolittle. With some, like, anthropomorphic, like, it's not entirely, yeah. like, there, there's a little bit of effects there. Yeah, um, and there was, uh, I got Doolittle with Robert Downey Jr. The effects were on Harrison Ford, right? And then I also yes. got uh, My Spy, which is about a little girl in a CGI Dave Batista. <laughs> which is not true. And then you said... Tyler, did you say you got Peter Rabbit too? I did. We did get a trailer for Peter Rabbit Yeah, too. see, this movie knew who they were marketing this, to. I think this movie had no idea who they were marketing to. And then they thought, wait, family Maybe? film? I just, I cannot CGI tell you. Animals? Having heard, oh, also, uh, a trigger warning, trigger warning. 
We're going to get a little bluer in this spot. At least I am likely in this episode than most others. We'll be censoring them just a heads up. Um, I'd heard how horny this movie was. And so <laughs> when the first trailer is for Sonic the Hedgehog, oh boy. I got, I was like, I did not think there was going to be pregnancy in this. Because uh, Sonic's always pregnant on the internet. Okay. So, oh, hey. okay. I thought that was an actual plot element in Cats. I was like, oh. No. No. So okay. Cats opens, it is a, f- we're, we're in foggy London town, and it's sort of a, it's nighttime, all these like, street lamps and fog, and it's a very and, sort uh, of... Yeah, immediately, it was, it was kind of weird, um, the, the, kind of, the, the nurse walks up and she tells you to go seek the, the old hunter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. She does. It's a Bloodborne joke, probably. <laughs> all you gamers out there. And then a bunch of scarecrow werewolves attack yes. you? Yeah. And then, um... Uh, there's also throughout the film in this little corner of London you see lots of buildings with yes. they're named like the Egyptian and like uh, they're all have cat puns and there's there was one very specific one this may be what you were going for Go ahead. I was going to say that is literally it just says Catsino it's not <laughs> I remember that it, one there's not like it's not like a name nope. like there's no sort of it is just Catsino flourish it yep. just it's like big red letters it's like what you see in like a strip wait, wait. mall hold on, just, hold on. Catsino. So my understanding is like they're living in a world with humans. Yeah, yeah. Because like everything's oversized. Yeah. So the humans have establishments that are named after cat puns? Apparently. We don't have the answers you're looking for. There's also my favorite was a sign, it was for like a bar that said milk. And then there are lots of words under it said drink milk. Drink milk every day. Milk. We love milk. Keep drinking milk is, is this like, over and over Is this over like again. a communist regime, like you must conform? I was, I was like, what are we, a Majora's Mask all of a sudden? <laughs> so you see a bunch of these humanoid cats walking around. Now, Do we see any humans? You see the foot of a human as they step out of the car. Hand. And maybe the hand, yes. Okay, as, I, I was, I was yeah, mainly yeah. curious if there a are human no shows humans. up and there's like some weird digital trickery done on them too. You see pieces of humans. Um, later, oh, when Judy Dench's hand is a human hand. Oh, <laughs> but uh, so all the and, and uh, in case I, I don't see why you haven't seen the images, the cats in this movie are bipedal, human-shaped animals with fur and tails. Their faces are human faces. They have yes. whiskers. There are varying degrees of catness. Yes, Everdeen. Some of sure. them. Do their noses have been shaped? I did like, not volunteer as tribute for this one. You did not, as as cat noses. <laughs> some of their lips, are, are, some of their lips are cat cat but but no one is. Mostly, they have human faces, so we can recognize the actors. But everything is CGI, so the tails are just moving, the ears are just moving, yes. and then this old uh, 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 car pulls up, and we see the f- the feet of this woman get out. Well, I say woman wearing heels. And they have a, a sack, and something's tossing and turning in that sack. And she like chucks it. She doesn't just leave it on the ground. Right. She like wind up throws it like she's pitching it to somebody. And I guess cricket, whatever they do. Yeah. And out of that, soccer, right? Football. No, I think it's soccer. Rounders, and then <laughs> starring Edward Norton. And then out of this bag comes Victoria. She is our heroine. And this is the first big change from the show. In the show, most of the expository stuff is done to the audience. Most of the show is exposition, and it's all done out to the audience. Victoria is – and there is a cat in the show named Victoria. But she's been repurposed to be the main character of this movie. She's the eyes in. She becomes the the avatar. So then all of that expository dialogue – 
and, or, or lyrics instead of being out to the audience are to her, which I think it works. I, I think that, that, that suits. So then all of this explanatory stuff doesn't just feel like, who are they doing it? Oh, they're telling this new yeah, person. Yeah. So all of the other cats, um, headed by Monkey Strap, uh, right. Monkey Strap is a sort of uh, sort of the MC of the whole thing, and you also uh, and, and he is played by professional ballet dancer Robbie Fairchild, whose face uh, in this movie will haunt me in my nightmares. There's a little spookiness there, I agree, it and he's is... a good-looking man in real life. Sure, and uh, and I should mention that uh, Francesca Hayward plays uh, Victoria. She is a the prima ballerina, lead ballerina at the Royal Ballet, so she is the real deal. I don't believe she's acted before. Was she at least good in the movie? Her entire acting style could be described as actress playing the virgin in porn. <laughs> you know? And, oh. here, and here's what I mean by that. Oh, her that's in, unfortunate. Her entire everything is 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 coded thusly. Well, I'm just I'm just a small town cat in this big city, and well, I've never been out here before, and I'm so unfamiliar, but I do know how to. And, like, I don't even know where I am. But if I had to do anything, I would absolutely know what to do and how to do it with full confidence. Like, it's very much that. Sure. Otherwise, I actually think she's quite You fun. know what? I think she's yeah, I, I, she knows, um, And she has a song later that I think she sounds pretty I, good. I think that is definitely... Sure, that is an unfortunate... <laughs> I credit that more with the overall tone of the film yes. and not necessarily yes. with her. Um, so they meet, and then we hear the opening song, Jellical Cats, where they say, Are you blind when you're born? And they all ask you all these things about what is a jellical cat? What are what what is a jellical cat? Tyler, can you tell Alex in the audience what is a jellical I'm, cat? I'm dying. Jellical songs are so, <laughs> so uh, a jellical cat. It's a cat. That's uh, oh, that's okay. Literally, <laughs> oh, it. All right. I think it's just like the name of the group of cats that get together every year. It like does it seem to be that, but also they they may have some uh, of them have superpowers. Yes, uh, two of them are magical abilities. Yes. At least two of them are magic. Yes. Uh, is there of, any sort of play on nine lives? Uh, kind of. Uh, I think like the occasional reference, probably. Um, I, I believe, mean, I'm sure they make puns, but in terms of like powers, they do. Um, I believe Rebel Wilson, who we will get to, does make several non-live puns. Yeah, several. Uh, in some hilarious oh, improv. Wow. She's so uh, funny in this her movie. Her and James Corden, just every oh. now and then, they just crack you up by just they throwing are out in a little... really... Uh, Who's well, more annoying? Uh, oh, gosh, you know. <laughs> I don't mean overall, I mean in this movie. We don't pick favorites, you know? <laughs> no, <laughs> really. Uh, n- no joke works in this film. Um, oh, oh right, I, yes. To me, more, none of them worked on me. Uh, so all of your laughing was completely unintentional and and un, and just madness, yes. right? Tears streaming down my face. Yeah. So the jellical cats. Oh, and one of the cats that we meet in this scene is Mr. Mistopheles. Tyler, tell us about Mr. Mistopheles. Uh, He's Mr. not played by a celebrity, by the way. Uh, is a magical cat. Um, and so oh he, well, a never was there it, ever. Is he is he a devilish sort of of character? No, no, no. no, no. no. We have not gotten to the devilish character. Who we'll, wait? We'll talk so the about. guy named Miss, Mr. Mistopheles. Uh, right, he's just he's just a good old cat, you know. And I will point out in the show, he he uses his top hat to hide mm-hmm. things and pull things out. He pulls a mouse out of his hat at one point. Sounds like the naming um, conventions are just all sorts of out of whack in this well, movie. Well, T. S. Eliot, these are all based on a collection of poems by T. S. Eliot that he just sort of came up with these names. And Andrew Lloyd Webber looked at these poems and said, "Those will be very, you know, sort of relatable <laughs> things to present to an audience." I That's... think he looked at them as like, "Oh, this will be fun and, <laughs> and, and silly, and let's make a silly show." He he didn't he didn't stop to think whether he should. <laughs> right, I, I give him credit on that on that regard. Uh, but Mr. Mistopheles in the show is coded more as a 
confident magician. Yes. And look at all my, my wonders my... of precipitation. And in the movie, he's a much shyer, like, well, I think I can do magic, you know, and yes. he's always messing up the tricks. But he and Victoria, there's kind of a spark. We'll get into that. Uh-huh. Well, that's exciting. And yeah. so a then, little romance uh-huh. brewing between two cats. <laughs> and there's also a, a pair of, like, snooty bodyguards who are apparently named Demeter and Cassandra. They never say that. This is like Le Miserable. There's a bunch of named characters who you would never know. Yes. There's Comfer and Corefac and everybody. Now, uh, through all of this, they introduce Victoria to this world of the Jellicle Cats. And um, it, tonight is the night of the Jellicle Ball. Uh-huh. Now, the Jell- Which is just a ball. Well, the Jellicle Ball. <laughs> the literal <laughs> You would think. The Jellicle Ball is an event held every year where they get together to make the Jellicle Choice. Yes. Of what Which cat, is just a choice. <laughs> what choice, get, what cat gets to ascend to the heaviside lair. Does that mean this is the next stage of their nine lives? Does it mean that they die? Is it just about a bunch of angelical cats deciding who dies? Is, is it, it a violent sacrifice to a cat god? It could be. It See, is. So so the presentation is that... Do they, they will, eat the flesh of the winner? The presentation is that they would... No. Uh, <laughs> they will get to be... Unfortunate. That would be they, an ending. They, would, they will get to be reborn as... They will get a new life as a joke. Yes, they get a new life. Okay, so there is a goal that all of these cats are trying yeah, to achieve. Right, and all, all right, the, yes. so We have at least a little bit of plot. Yes, we have yes. a goal, but okay. they have to get it done by a sundawn. Gentlemen, we have a ticking clock. And yep. so... Who get Christopher Nolan oh, on the man. phone. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I mean the image of Christopher Nolan being presented this script and being like, look, uh, Christopher, we know you want to make this cool time travel movie. Um, we just, before we, it's in your contract, you've got to make this for us. And he just looks at this. this if ever a movie was made for a plane. <laughs> if ever I was going to make a plane movie, it's this. on a plane. <laughs> it's the same plot. Everything uh, happens the same way. I would love. Christopher Nolan directs and it's on a plane. I would love for Nolan to make a musical like Grindcore. <laughs> Not Grindcore, Grindhouse movie that's Cats on a Plane. I would love that. And it ends up being like amazing and layered. Yeah. Because... It would. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, but so, so all this is going on, and and these cats sort of w- welcome a Victoria, and they sort of welcome her into the fold. And they perform the opening number, which I got to say, and I messaged you guys this when I saw it, I didn't hate the opening number. Sure. Um, as fa- I have a <clears throat> lot of complaints about the way movies film. I, I read a, 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 an interesting review of this movie, and I'll, I'll see if I can find the quote, and I'll, I'll quote it at the end, where the, 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 the woman reviewing it, talked about that same element of filming choreography and how some of the directors don't know how to do it. She accused this movie of being very guilty of that. I don't feel like it was that guilty. But there becomes such greater issues with this movie. I'm not even thinking about the choreography and the editing. I do think there is some good... There is some nice choreography in this. Yeah, the way it's kind of shot. Because you had complained about this before, like with Fan of the Opera and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the way it's actually shot to to capture, I think, the, the, the dancing. And I think there's a lot of good dancers in here. Yeah, I there mean, are. Obviously, there it's are. all like mocap and stuff. And I think that that, as a genuine, pra- genuine praise of the movie, uh, it, I think that does – that is actually something I was like, oh, okay. I yeah. kind of appreciate that. Like there's there's some fun uh, – Outside of here. some of the principles, there was a real effort to cast actual dancers that could do – Yes. That, that could do this. I mean, Francesca Hayward, obviously. Is oh, yes. Character. Wonderful. And, and, and I, people have talked about how erotic the movie is. I think some of it is... So I, I was able to accept that there's a lot of ballet between her and Monkey Strap that is very, like, entwining uh-huh. and rapid. That, it wasn't welcome because they look like these terrifying cat yes. hybrids. But I accepted it because I was like, you're both ballet dancers and you're good at it, for one thing. So I'm watching impressive dancing. But also, I understand this is what the show is. The show is very balletic. Yeah. And so 
I ha, knowing the roots of all this, I'm able to go, okay, this looks like you guys look weird in these CGI things. But what's happening now, I don't take as creepy. I take as dance. It's, I do want to talk before we get too far into the uh, deep plot, the, the complex plot of this movie. Um, I do want to talk about the, the CGI for a second and oh, yes. stop to talk about that as a stylistic choice. Because immediately it is like, oh no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Why is this? Tyler in the theater immediately. Oh no! And, oh no! And his, and his family is around. I'm like, well, you knew this was gonna. You like you saw the oh, trailer. No, don't, don't worry. And, and, and Tyler's watched... just like, yeah, I saw that. Oh no! Don't worry. Everyone watching the movie with me had the exact same reaction. Okay. Like, like, yeah. Obviously, we're, we try to be respectful in the theaters. So I did not get the the, the chance to uh, watch it with no one else to bother. Oh yeah. Uh, like Britain did, which would have been, I think, a treasured experience. Um, it was the best way, <laughs> uh, but ever it was just immediately like, oh, oh my! <laughs> now in the play, like there is a palpable yeah. sense in the theater because um, in the play it's all physical, obviously, and, and they also in the play make a real effort to make their to give them facial makeup. Yes, and the play is renowned for the costumes and the makeup. Correct? Yeah, like I, I would say so, and and. You could certainly view it as creepy, but they're in basically they're all in like leotards yes. that are patterned after whatever their cat thing is. But they have like tails on belts, and they've got their different headpieces with their ears and the fur. And then, depending on the cat, they might have other articles of, of right. clothing, which is really like a big coat suggests they're a bigger cat. So it's not like cats wearing clothes; it's clothing to make them. But it's all theater, so you're like, okay. This is to evoke this concept. Yeah. Like, not as far as the Lion King show, but in that vein of, like, of of suggestion. But also, it is objectively, I think, impressive makeup. They do a great job of forming the lips and the noses so that, like, you forget that if this character turned to the left, that's going to be a human profile. Yeah. Like, especially, I'm specifically thinking of Monkey Strap, which is a beautiful facial makeup. It's like when you see these YouTube tutorials on, like, turn yourself into a deer or whatever. Uh-huh. But it's, it's that it's that level or higher, and I think it's very impressive in the theater. I could still understand being put off by it. We need a musical called Deer. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I could, uh, but there, there's something genuinely impressive about it. But in this movie, I guess because they wanted the actors to be recognizable. Sure. Or something. But, like, not... I, I well I I do think that's part of it because if you're thinking about the marketing, like why would you get Ian McKellen, Judy Dench, Taylor sure. Swift, yeah, yeah, yeah. and not be able to tell that it's them? Right. Otherwise, you just cast a bunch of nobodies. One of my coworkers, uh, my friend Blaze, she suggested Lion King came out the same year. We can make photorealistic animals yeah. sing and dance. Yeah. Why don't you just do that? That was my exact thought, is that this should be an animated movie. Yeah. This should be a fully, like, they can do stylized, they can make it kind of, like, not not entirely a cartoon. They sure, can, sure, sure. Correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't Spielberg working on an animated movie of this, like, was 10, it? 15 I'm, years ago? I'm not sure. I could, I could be Used wrong. To me. I couldn't tell you. Because I think that... I looked at a couple of reviews, yeah. and I think I saw a mention of that. You would also, admittedly, with that, you would lose the human ballet choreography, which right. is which is a quintessential element of the show, right. which again comes down to this major question of like, if you're not going to put these actors in the physical makeup and costumes, which I, I think are more acceptable, so you're gonna do this weird CGI thing, but you're not gonna have them be full cats. Like, they're the only the your your mind is having to work overtime to try and make sense of it, and it just doesn't make sense, right? And then just creatively, I'm like, I feel like the most acceptable thing is still hard to accept in a movie. So why would you make a movie? Yeah. Um, well, I, yeah. I think there's kind of two elements at play. So there's the initial concept of just like 
we're going to have these humans, and we're just going to CGI cat stuff over them, and it's going to be great. Yeah. Right. And then you have, oh, the CGI is bad. Yes. Yeah. And you're dealing with both of those. Like, the in concept, this is already off-putting. Yes. But then, apparently, the CGI is not even that great. Correct. And doesn't hold up. Correct. Yeah. So... So, 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 so it's, it's not yeah. even the best version of this weird, yes. out-there yeah. concept. Well, then I just... I mean, I think the thing that blows me away is that Avatar came out ten years ago? Yeah. Yeah, literally. Uh, and that movie specifically has... Oh, we've got actors, but they're transformed a little bit yeah. to be aliens. Yeah. Like they, 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 and mo- they, more transformed, but yes. Yes, yeah. I mean, more than you would have to do for this. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's... it's In all fairness... That movie had a much higher budget. Yes, but this <laughs> yeah. was in two thousand nine. What, what is the, the the budget for Avatar? Let's let's look that up so that we don't have to think about. I think it's like three hundred million. I think what it's one really? of the most it expensive also, movies and, ever made. And we've made a bunch of jokes, but like James Cameron is a genuinely yes. talented yes. filmmaker, and he knows his way around special. He effects. absolutely does, and and I think that, and I I'm not a big fan of Avatar. I don't know really who is, but someone is. But like. I can't quibble with like the technical yeah. ability in that so, movie, and like yeah. can't confirm. Avatar was two hundred thirty-seven million. Okay, that if you, I mean, for one, if you're doing this weird CGI nightmare, like uh, maybe I'm, maybe put more money into it. If yeah, that's, if that's like if I, when I'm looking at at just like typical budgets for yeah. for for big blockbuster type movies, and I'm looking at cats, and I'm like, oh, they're like CGIing everything, and like all the the actors are like mocap, and like yeah. that looks like it's something like at least. 150 million, sure. if not higher. Sure. So it's weird that it's a, right around 100 million. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, I think at the same time, they should have been able to do better than this. Yeah. Like, I, it's, a matter, a, it's a matter of money and time. Yes. Yeah. I think time time and probably uh, ability to manage the direction and, like, be able to. I don't know like, if I you think guys heard the same. Been... I think Tom Hooper was, like, working up until, like, yes. the... days before. Yeah. I mean, it was very rushed, which is why, like, all the stuff about. The incomplete CGI in the movie. Um, babe, enough about, about all this. Let's get back into this movie. <laughs> so, are, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> no, I do. So, so I was watching this opening number and I went, I had this thought of like, what if I won't find this movie as crazy as everybody else? Because right so far, I'm like, I see the problems, but as far as this, I have seen the Jellicle song in yes. the in the thing on the the, the, the Broadway, or the, which is the, just the, the, the Sage Show DVD. Yes. I've seen this. That was good. I've seen this, and was it? I've seen it transposed into movies. You know what? They are not doing a bad job of transposing this yeah. so far. Okay. okay, cool. I'm into it. What if this movie isn't that bad? What if this movie yeah. isn't like? What if it's just way overblown, and I'm about to be bored as opposed to, or what if I'm going to like it? Well, never fear, guys, because we're about to meet our first cat competing for the Jellicle Choice. That's the old Gumby cat, Jenny Anydots. Now, now is, Alex. Oh, hold on. Is, is, it, is it like a gladiatorial fight to the death? No, it's sort of a talent show. Yes. They all compete and make their case. Auditioning. Oh. And also introducing themselves. I was hoping so, for terrible CGI cats killing each other. Sure. So the old Alex, Gumby cat. Now, can you tell us uh, what your guess is? I guess, should we describe Yeah, let me, Jenny Anydots, she yes. uh, sort of a... Can confirm female. Yes, yes, female. Lies about... 20 questions. She, she lays about um, and... Stretches and yawns yes. and le- sort of lives in this nice house. But when the day's hustle and bustle is done, I don't remember the rest of the song, uh-huh. she starts training mice and cockroaches to put on little shows. Yes. 
and so she's kind of a fun. So in the show, in the in the play, she's like this not do, kind of a, do, a batty old like yeah. middle aged woman who's like, oh yes, I'm a Gumby cat, but then I've taught all of the you know these uh-huh. mice to do these silly little dances. How how quaint! And in the show, she's uh, not quite that. Um, so who do you think would be this kind of batty dancing uh, Gumby cat? So in terms of the female actresses that I know are in this movie that we haven't already explicitly stated who their characters are, I've got I've got three options. Okay. I've got Judy Dench. Okay. I've got Rebel Wilson, and I've got Taylor Swift. Okay. I'm gonna go with Rebel Wilson. You're correct. correct. All right, okay. Rebel Wilson. Um, now, uh, so so here's she. I don't think is vocally up to this song. Is that really her style? How does this compare it's, to her singing in the Pitch Perfect movie? She's better in Pitch Perfect. Yeah. The Pitch okay. Perfect movie, I okay. think the songs fit her voice better. Right. Um, so she's, you know, dancing and tapping, and but she's not a tap dancer. So it's a lot of, like, it becomes a lot of ironic, like, look at me doing my ha-ta-ta-ta-ta. I was going to say, because, like, her performance in, in Pitch Perfect, it doesn't really rely on her choreography. And so this, they try to make it goofier. Yeah. Which is a thing. There are two points, three points of horror in this song. <laughs> One comes at the point where she is, there, there's a kind of a chat break where Monkey Strap is talking to Victoria. And he's like, well, that's the old Gumby cat. In the, kind of in the background, not blurry enough, is Rebel Wilson on her back, legs completely splayed. In a complete V, as far apart, facing the camera, and she is scratching the heck out of her yes. inner thighs, just going to town on him. Her tail is up in the middle, is between them, supposedly to obscure whatever genitalia is not there. But it really just draws more attention. Sure. And it's very off putting. I, I feel and like she's and she's making all these faces of like relief. I feel like we should remind the audience this movie is PG. This movie is PG. <laughs> and she is, I mean, again, I cannot emphasize like how much I mean, it's yeah. not like Batman Returns where they had Happy Meal tie-ins. But... I had the exact same thought. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, also, that movie is full of people whose sole motivation is to get off. So, sure. <laughs> now, Tyler, can you guess one of the other moments of horror in this? What was another one for you? Do you agree that there are three? Um, I don't know that I have that specific uh, okay. layout, but I will say uh, I, I assume the other part is when, uh, or at least one of the other ones is when there's an army of cockroaches moving. Okay, and, the, okay, okay. The cockroaches were not. Oh, I, I, we, I was going to say specifically. Uh, I, I don't know if any of the other cats do, but uh, Jenny Anydots specifically starts eating some of them. She does. She does start eating the cockroaches. They are they are human. So I I, need, I think we need to explain this a little bit further as far as what we're looking at here. Do tell. She has trained cockroaches and mice. Uh, but these are still played by people. Um, now the cockroaches are like CGI people. Now the cockroaches didn't bother me. The cockroaches are so small that like you can't really tell. The camera's not on them very much. But also, they look like if in a fantasy world there was a nation that was like, we defeated the the Beatalons and we yes. crafted our armor out of their carapaces. Yes. So it looks more like armor in a yes. fantasy world as opposed to a weird cockroach with a human face. They don't have weird mandibles or anything. Right. Okay. The, but it's also so small that you can't. The really. mice. Yes. Are children, and that I was horrified at that. (laughs) And they're tubby little mice, and they're not really fur; they're just they look like all just like patterned skin, and they're big ears and child faces. So no, like please note that like a cat, a cat's face can be flat, right? Yeah, cat the cat can have a fairly like commonly grumpy cat. You know, no bub whoever. At least from the front, a cat's face does not look that different from a human face. 
in, in if we're if we're talking relative to we're also trying to figure out how to do mice and cockroaches, right? Yeah. Um, the mice, my, mice generally, <laughs> they have a pretty long. They have a snout. Snout. I've got you know like it's there's a real thing. This is literally they just basically chop off the snout to create a human head and put a face on it. If anyone like, else, that's, yeah. that's the design. If anyone out there, they got big ass. If anyone else out there has seen the film Mirror Mask, a wonderful fantasy film uh, that Neil Gaiman worked on, hmm. it there are these small cats that have these human faces, but it's it's much more stylized and intentionally very creepy, and it works really well. Picture a worse. <laughs> version unironically of that on a mice on a mouse and it's a child yes it's a child and they keep they continue to bring these mice back and sort of make yeah. jokes about eating them but not eating them it, it's a lot of these a lot of these the third moment of horror is when rebel wilson who all the cats are naked unless otherwise specified just want to clarify that all cats are naked yes. in this movie rebel wilson reaches up to her collar unzips oh, yes. her fur Steps out of her own skin, revealing like a pink, like showgirl kind of number, and dances. Which she later musical, re-zips her own skin. Yes, correct. in the musical. Yeah, in the musical, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that is a, that is a thing. But it's like a big and coat she's wearing. It makes sense because it's like, oh, you thought that was her, but that was actually just a coat, and it's a costume. And in my mind, I realized that is a human wearing a costume mm-hmm. and cat makeup. So it's like, okay, this all. So it's, yeah. it's still weird. Fine. It all tracks. So again, the, I, yeah. I am, there is not a point where I am repulsed by what I'm seeing. And it's that blend of like, I'm in a theater, everything here is suggested, it's yes. all, I, I, okay, I get it. But in this, she literally unzips her fur. Yes. And it happens again later in the movie. So she's doing her big song and dance, and now I realize, oh, this is creepy. But what comes next? Well, we're about to meet the <laughs> Rum Tum Tugger, who oh, is yes. a mischievous cat. The Rum Tum Tugger is... Um, in the play, he's almost this almost like David Bowie kind of layabout, like lazy rock star guy mm-hmm. who has this like rock and roll kind of number. And he is, if you offer him pheasant, he'd rather have grouse. You if know. you set him on a uh, rat, he would much prefer a mouse. But if you set him on a mouse, he'd much prefer a cat, a rat. Amen. Um, you know, he can never be pleased. He only likes what he finds for himself. He's this Lothario, all the girls love Preach. the Rum Chum Tugger. It's so true. Um, <laughs> very who do, you, cool. who do you think is playing this cool cat? All right, so now i got to think through the male actors that I know yes. are in this movie. Also, I forgot, isn't Jennifer Hudson in this movie? She's correct. Okay. I, you did leave her out earlier, but... I, I apologize for forgetting that. Effort. I got the answer right anyway. <laughs> you, you, you tried to uh, respect her by assuming she was not in this movie. Yeah, really. so, right. Um... <clears throat> Okay, so Ian McKellen's obviously in the movie. Mm-hmm. Jason Derulo's in the movie. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? James Corden's in the movie. Uh, Idris Elba's in the movie. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. All right. Uh, I think that's your your. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Large last pool. Yeah, I don't know. Is it Jason Derulo? It is. Jason oh, Derulo. Here we go. Mm, what you say, Jason Derulo? Jason Derulo is dancing around as the Rum Tum Tugger. Now I was kind of looking forward to this because Jason yeah. Derulo. I actually enjoy some of his music. And apparently he is a tap dancer, like a, a real deal tap dancer. And I was like, oh, are they going to – I wonder if they'll kind of tweak the like Bowie rock and roll to be more of like R&B sound uh-huh. or even like to incorporate some tap in there. They do not. Jason Derulo kind of sings with like hip-hop – not hip-hop, but like R&B like yeah. reflexes yeah. on a song that doesn't really support that. So all of that's really off. He's wearing a fish skeleton necklace that's supposed to be like a gold chain, but mm-hmm. it's a fish skeleton. Uh-huh. He also has a coat that he removes. But that's not in a creepy way. He's like, right. some of these cats are actually wearing like clothes, yes. clothes, which right. doesn't make sense. 
and he's dancing around and I don't he's think any of this getting all sense. flirty with Victoria and dancing. They end up in a milk bar. Yes. There's like an old soda shop. <laughs> and he's like Just the realization on Tyler's face where he's like, Oh yeah. no. And, and, he's, and he's dancing like, Oh yeah, check it out. All these ladies love me. Flip milk comes out of the taps like a beer right. tap onto these cats' yes. faces. Okay. Guess what milk looks like? And it's all I, over. Remember, him. everyone, I feel like I need to remind us every once in a while. This is rated PG. It's that is it was gross. I literally you started talking about the scene and I remembered, oh yeah, there's something really horrifying. It's really horrifying. <laughs> I literally could not remember until right. you put what's, that. What's what's more horrifying? That or or the, the mice that are the children? What's 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 uh, what's the worst? This has more, more layers to it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but also as they're pulling back, you then see another cat in the foreground of the of the shot. Just lapping away at a saucer of milk. You see way too many human tongues in this movie. Yes. You see a lot of them. And he is just lapping away at this milk, and I am not happy I with this song. I think, I could be wrong about this, but it's it's not really a time-sensitive thing to talk about, so I'm going to go ahead and bring it up. Um, <laughs> I believe this is also when there is first an indication uh, of them trying to make the cats make, or the humans make cat sounds. Yeah, there's like a crowd, yes, and they, they try to like have some like mewling as like a like oh this is their cheering or whatever. Yeah, know, because because in the show, Rum Tum Tugger has a moment where he's like doing these like rock and roll vocalizing yeah. riffs, and he's like swiveling his hips, and it gets more and more. It's like he does it three times, and so the it's supposed to be like screaming fans at a Beatles concert, yeah. except their cats are doing it like mewling, like you said, yeah. and they do that in this film. And it does not work well. It does and there's not. A, it, they remember like three times like, oh yeah, we should probably have them make cat sounds. And every time it's like, this oh, is it's real horrific. creepy. Horrific. Horrific. Um, <laughs> so he does all his big dancing, but then they all stop. Someone's shown up. Ooh, who could that be? It's Grisabella, the glamour cat, who is, she's this apparently bedraggled uh, stray. She used to be this beautiful, you know, glamorous woman or cat who uh, <laughs> it's negligible yeah and and she's all bedraggled and everything but then she ran off with uh mccavity mccavity and mccavity i believe i've already met at this point actually um and and yes there is a point have, earlier in the movie actually we should probably mention i think it's during the cellical i think you're right yeah victoria um, kind of turns around and, and then mccavity jumps onto a giant billboard of himself yes and i don't I I yeah I don't know. So McCavity is a stray who's the he's the bad boy. Yes, and he's he's talks. He is one of our magical cats. He is a magical okay. cat, and he's he's our our bad guy and our bad boy. Bad boy. So now we've given you both Grizabella, and, and so he meets Victoria. He's like, "You're going to the ball," and he's like, "Well, uh-huh, you know, it's big and I'm sexy." And she's like, "Oh my, are you going to the Jellicle Ball? It's just the ball, right?" So we have Grizabella and uh, Grizabella and McCavity. I'm just imagining it's this giant ball of yarn, and they're just like and they just hang out. On they're it. just worshiping it. <laughs> I would prefer it would be good, wouldn't it? That's not what happens. So who do you think plays these two? Okay, um, I don't think James Corden is a bad boy. <laughs> no, um, I don't think Ian McKellen is a bad boy. Not particularly. I'm gonna go with Idris Elba. You are correct. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And I will say of Idris Elba, for most of this film, I think he's pretty good. Yeah, I because re- he, he's having, he, he's he having make, fun. He's he, having a he lot. He is of able fun. to make the most of some pretty bad movies. <laughs> he's he's doing a. I mean the the 
classic is Uma Thurman in Batman and Robin. Yeah. <clears throat> He's really leaning in. I was going to say the classic is, is Idris Elba in Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but <clears throat> I'm saying going back to the, the like OG, like this right. is a performance where they are fun. the only yeah, person that is movie. aware of what's going yes. on. He he <coughs> is <coughs> I'm dying. It's because of cats. He's also wearing <laughs> You're um, allergic. He is he is wearing clothes. He's wearing a big <clears throat> trench coat. He's wearing a hat. Okay. And so you is it really, a fancy top hat? No, it's like a fedora with his ear sticking through it. Oh, that's lame. You don't see I wish he I wish he had a Daniel Day Lewis top hat that's you, just went up <coughs> five feet in the you air. Don't, you beautiful. don't see the cat elements of him so much. Because you're mostly seeing his face. And his hands, which are not as delineated or whatever. Now, are there certain actors in the movie where it's like harder to tell who they are versus no, like no. others? Like, like is it like, oh, Ian McKellen? I kind of see like he becomes more of the character than like Idris Elba or something. I like mean, that. Idris Elba's eyes are—they fiddle with his eyes more. He has yeah. like green eyes. Okay. To because he's magical. And but I gotta say, watching him for a while, I was like, Idris Elba's sex appeal is not hampered by this movie. Sure. Because Idris Elba and, – and I liked that this was a movie that didn't go – If oh, anything, it enhanced He's it. supposed to be sexy. <laughs> let, let, let's make him smolder and be, you know, all whatever, dour. Sure. No, he's big. He's broad. He's bombastic. He's like, you go into the bowl. I like to be more uh, dynamic. You know, he's like – he's getting to use his own voice, which he doesn't get to use very often. And he gets to be this big – he gets to like really use his charisma right. and his magnetism in a way that I found very, very effective. And I was like, I would love to see – um, like a, a more movies utilize the side of him. Like it's like when Ryan Gosling does a comedy. You're like, this, you're so funny. Like you should be doing this. Idris Elba should get to play more of these big, broad characters. And I, I largely really enjoyed his performance in this movie. And right. uh, yeah, does everybody use British accents? They do. Even Rebel Wilson, or does well, she just use her voice? I think she tweaks it a little she bit. Tries to. She kind of yeah. hops back and forth. Jason Derulo does a Cockney accent that is not very good. I don't even know if I picked up on that. Because here's the thing about... I was just kind of curious because yeah. I, I didn't know if this was a kind of movie where it's like, oh, it's set in London, so everyone's going to have a British accent. Oh, no, every, everyone they... has a British accent. I, I would have actually okay. been fine if some of the actors hadn't tried. Yeah. Right. Specifically, Jason Derulo and... They're jealous of cats. They need, a, need no explanation. Yeah. Because he tries Which to Which means like, they're just cats. Hey, this mate, Rom Tum Tugger, you know? Which is fine, but like it gets in the way of his phrasing and the singing yeah. sometimes because people don't sing his British accents. At least not in that kind of music. So there's that. So anyway, there's McCavity. We've met McCavity, and he's okay. mysterious. And he's what's what's his deal? Like what's he doing? Right. Then we meet Grizabella, the glamour cat. Who do you think is playing this bedraggled stray of former glory? Uh, so who do I got left? I got Judy Jens, Dinch. I got uh, Jennifer Hudson. I got Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. uh, Taylor Swift. No. Ooh, first miss. Okay, so Jennifer Hudson. It's Jennifer Hudson. Okay. Who I think is the best performance in the movie? Yes. For sure. Hands down. The, the one other thing I had heard about the movie is that her musical number is quite good. It's quite good. Yes. Because she is a great singer. Now, Grizabella is traditionally played, like, Elaine Page played her, Betty Buckley. And Jennifer Hudson, I think, is probably a little too young. When Jennifer Hudson is an actual, like, middle-aged or older woman, she'll sing the song and it'll be very, very powerful. And it's still very powerful in the movie. But it's just like, ah, you're a little young to have these kind of regrets. But at the same time, oh my goodness, you're making the song work. Because that's yeah. also, you don't have to dance, it's a ballad. Yeah. Right. And and so she and Victoria meet, and there's kind of a connection there. And none of the other cats want to hang out with Grizabella, but Grizabella's like, she sings a little bit, and I was like, oh, I'm actually like yeah. kind of moved by this. And like a tear rolls down her cheek at one point. I'm like, and then I remembered like, oh yeah, Jennifer Hudson's really good in musical movies. <laughs> she's a great singer, but she's a good actor, and she can combine the two nicely. Like 
she's really valuable when you make a musical movie. And and so she sounded great. And Victoria's like, oh, but now I'm going over here. And there was a trailer before. I think one of the other trailers that I did see before the movie was uh, Respect. Yes, where she's going to play Aretha Franklin. Yes, which I didn't uh, know existed. It was the most I felt the entire theater experience. I agree because it's a it's it's only her <laughs> singing Respect, yes. and that's it's a very short trailer. But I was like, whoa, I, goosebumps. Yeah. Um, it's all downhill from here. Yep. Speaking of, let's continue our descent. Next, we uh, meet another cat named Buster for Jones. He's not skin and bones. In fact, he's remarkably fat. And Buster Jones in the play, he's a very proper... Yes, hello. He carries around a big spoon. James Corden, isn't it? It is James Corden. He carries around a big spoon like it's a cane, and he's like, Well, I remember when I would play at the... When we always mannered the rules. Like, he's very proper. He literally is wearing tails in the, in the show. Yeah. James Corden is a fat joke. Yes. Over and over and over and he has a mustache because some of the cats have facial hair yes. he has a mustache but he's still doing his James. and james corden has a very like you know workman blue collar british accent you know i think james corden can be quite enjoyable in movies and i gotta say he has some choreography in this i think he handled pretty well i think he does some nice dancing yeah some quick little two-step kind of things right but it quickly devolved into he just wants to eat all the time and so he continues to eat out of trash cans yes uh, just like over and over again. Including a scene where there's a bottle of champagne held over him. Because, by the way, this movie don't know how big Cats is. It really doesn't. This movie don't know how big Cats is, though, because apparently... <laughs> hold, hold on. So, so you mean, like, the dimensions are all Completely out of off. Oh, okay. They are alternate... This is a, this is a new revelation. <laughs> they, are, they are about borrower-sized. There is this, it takes multiple cats to tip this champagne bottle over to spill decadently on to James Corden, where we have to watch him flick his tongue out and go, yes. for like 10 seconds, 20 so, seconds? It's Two, about like three minutes. I think it cuts away and then cuts back. So it, it makes you look at it. It's horrifically gross. The, the, the end credits just has footage of that <laughs> for the exactly. whole duration. They shot way too much of it for some reason. Yeah. And then they, uh, they proceeded to animate the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who put in overtime for that. It was, but, it was literally Tom Hooper. But he, um... <laughs> he just, he just this pulls, is why the movie took so long to make. He pulls out his Mac and he's just... <laughs> uh, so I'm looking at... Because I was also messaging a friend, my friend Catherine through this whole thing. Um... And at one point, I just said, <laughs> movie. <laughs> uh, that's, that's delightful. And so it's just, it's just such a, a mess. And because in the play, Buster Jones, is, the idea is he's fat because he's so rich. True. He's so fancy. He lives this I was gonna decadent, say, luxurious lifestyle. Because the little image that pops up on the Rotten Tomatoes page when you play the trailer or whatever, yeah. it shows like him and a whole bunch of other cats, and he looks kind of like Penguin-esque yeah, he's in terms a, of a how he's dressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but then he does away with that and just be. But then, this is also the beginning of the running j- joke in the joke, quote unquote, in the movie where he and <laughs> Rebel, are there any real jokes in this? There movie? are a lot of them, <laughs> and they're all him and Rebel Wilson being like, like Rumpton Tugger hits a high note and she goes, "Hi, do you think do you think he's been muted? Because you know." And we're like, "Ha ha ha!" And then she still mimes like snipping, and then James Gordon's like, "What in your nine lives is you dying about?" It's all all of it is them. Just ad libbing badly, and again, I think Rebel Wilson can be quite funny. I think Corden can be funny. Yeah, this is not funny. Um, the, I should also point out so McCavity after these numbers. So in in the play, a lot of these characters are dual roles, or the cats will show up and then kind of hang out in the background. Yeah, 
in the movie, McCavity, well, McCavity suddenly shows up. He's like, hello, Jenny, any dots? I think you should be, I love your work. You should be a star. I love the stuff you've made. And she's like, oh, well, you know, I didn't mean it. He's like, I know, come with me. And he kind of, his hand, like, spins his hand, and she disappears into dust. And he's like, the strongest actions require the biggest wills or whatever. <laughs> and then he does the same thing to Buster Jones. He's whisked them away. Okay. He's magicked them elsewhere. Okay. Um, and da 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 I'm trying to remember if this is... I think this is where it happens. So, I don't know exactly where this is placed. But they end up on this boat out on the docks. That's where McCavity is hiding out. And he's taken... And this is not in the play. McCavity doesn't show up in the play until the second act towards the end. Okay. But in the, in the, in the, the movie, this is again to give the, the plot some momentum. The idea is that McCavity is trying to kidnap all of the cats that are in contention so that he'll be the only Jellicle cat left, so he'll have to be chosen to go to the Heaviside Lair. Okay. And, which again, in terms of a framing device, I think is okay. It gives the plot some momentum. It's like, okay, and there's this antagonist, and throughout the, the movie he's doing this. A cat will do their signature number, and then he'll, wiz- he'll wizard them away. Right. The, and there's a lot of downsides to this. The biggest one is they're suddenly tied up on this boat, and they're like, where are we? But then there's this mangy old cat, and he's so... What's your name? And he goes, I'm Growl Tiger. He is played by Ray Winstone. Who is now we have to look at Ray Winstone cat. Why is Ray Winstone in in weird movies where they CGI him in strange ways? Beowulf is so much better than this. Oh, I'm sure it is. But he... I'm just confused. He then does a talk-singing rap. Not really a rap, but it's yeah. kind of he's like, I'm Growl Tiger. I don't like fuss. If you mess with me, you mess with all of us. Not literally that, but it's that yeah, type yeah, yeah, of... Because yeah. Clearly, is not a singer. But he just does that for a while. That's kind of short. It's, it's pretty quick. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, so then all that's going on. Um, so, but then, so, so cut back to Victoria. And they're like, where did Jenny and Dodson Bustopher go? Who knows? Dancing, dancing, dancing. Rubbing each other's heads on ourselves. Uh-huh. But then suddenly, uh, Victoria gets separated. Oh no! What's she going to do? Where are the other cats? She just got here. She doesn't know her way around. Don't worry. Luckily, a pair of cats called Mungo Jerry and Teaser are here to show her the way. They're kind of the... Remember in Oliver and Company when the, the dog, Dodger or whatever, is like, Hey, I got a necklace of hot dogs. Come and hang out with us. They're, they're going to show her... Because they... The, in, in, Mungo Jerry and Rumpelteaser are, in the words of the play, um, a notorious couple of cats. And they have these very thick Cockney accents in the play, and they do this whole, like, old vaudeville British, like, Laure- not Laurel and Hardy, but, you know, kind of like, da-da-da-da-da, Mungo Jerry and Rumpelteaser, song about how they, like, yeah. sneak in and steal food. Here's the thing. They changed the melody for the movie. The song is different. Yes. They change the rhythm, they change the melody. It's the same lyrics, but it's a different... And I don't know why. I There's oh, no that, reason. That was going to be my next question. There's I was like, is there a logical thought process to not, it? Not to my knowledge, except right. to go, Mung, Mungo, Jerry, and Rumpeldeezer. We're a notorious couple of cats. Like it just, I'm, I'm still... I can't... It made me so mad. I'm just imagining Tom Hooper. Like, he's sitting down, he's working on the script or whatever, and he's, he's working on the songs, and he's like, you know, I'm a big fan of this musical. Except for this one thing. I think I can do yeah. better. Now... 
Hold on, Android Lloyd Webber, Webber, Webber. Android Lloyd Webber, I like better. Android. That's kind of how he's operating Lloyd nowadays. Webber. Must uh, make more musicals. School of Rock is Android, Broadway now. Do Androids dream of electric cats? Correct. Uh, <laughs> no, the chandelier's falling. Uh, oh my god. He he was an executive producer on this movie. I mean. He was. He was. Is is this in any way? Do you think uh, the the George Lucas special edition <laughs> of uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals? I always uh, meant it to be like he this. He was like, "What if I made it?" Well, he was like he was super active on the Phantom of the Opera movie, but like, tre- it was him and Joel Schumacher yeah, working yeah, on it together. But Trevor Nunn insisted that the melody go like this. And also, Michael Jennerable teaser are not played by celebrities. Right, um, and I was uh, this was another number I was kind of looking forward to because I always enjoy that number yeah, in the yeah. show. I think it's a fun little two hander, and I was like, oh, this could be a fun little number. And it's they cast people who aren't famous, so they must be like genuinely good. Mm-hmm. I have no idea if they're good because they were the melody was totally different, and they're jumping around and they're helping. They and Victoria are learning to steal stuff and jewelry, which again, it's jewelry that can fit on a human, but also a cat. <laughs> a cat's like wrist. So I again, think she's. She's Victoria wearing, is wearing a ring on her wrist at one point. Yeah, like a cat a cat paw does not fit in a ring. Not not she wears it like a like a big like bracelet. Like it's wide. Maybe that's what. Okay, okay. it's so strange. And but then like they they knock over a vase and you hear a dog barking and they run away and they they abandon Victoria. Some friends, right? Uh, luckily, Victoria manages to get back. Mistopheles, I think, finds her and they have a little more of a spark, a little more chemistry. Mm-hmm. Only listen, when it comes to sparks. McCavity, they all just they just set things on fire. He's not a good magician. He's just trying. He's a rookie. Uh-huh. And they come back, and Monkey's Trap is looking at the bracelet like, mm. and she's like, oh, and, and Misophilies is like, oh, that's one of mine. I bad magic again, and I'm not Rumple teasing. He doesn't say that. It would have been a good joke. He should. Um, at this, this point, is also a, a huge missed opportunity because the dog just kind of like they they close the door on the dog, and then like you never see it. Yeah, uh, huge missed opportunity to just like have a human dog have this horrifying human dog. <laughs> like, I'm just imagining it's just like George Clooney yes, or like Tom Hardy or something. Tom, yeah, yeah. Just why are you here and why do you look so terrifying? Now this, <laughs> no, I just wanted to be Tom Hardy in the Bane costume. No, no enhancements, no digital trickery. It's just, they call him a dog, and it's he doesn't like interact with the environment no, directly yeah. at all. It's just like it's just footage, footage from Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> now this is a this is the point where my friend Catherine told me that I needed a milkshake. And I said, sure. after the Rumtum Tugger scene, I think I'll be staying away from those for a while. <laughs> sure. Uh, like, I think this movie turned me lactose intolerant. <laughs> so there's been all this craziness, but <gasps> it's time. Old Deuteronomy's coming. Mm-hmm. Old Deuteronomy's lived many lives. Stuff like that. The fact that you're still willing to sing this stuff. I, I Musically speaking, I think it's a fun show. I, I'm just saying, I feel like the movie hasn't completely broken your spirit sure. if you're still willing to sing stuff from it. Not completely. And so, uh, Noel Deuteronomy is sort of the head of the cat. Don't worry, folks. Give it time. She, she's the one sort of overseeing all of this. Uh, Judy Dench? Judy Dench. Okay. Played uh, originally by a male yes. actor, Ken Page, in the original Broadway production, who everyone will know as the voice of Oogie Boogie from Nightmare Before Christmas. And Old Deuteronomy is this very regal cat, and Judy Dench is... Apparently Judy Dench was supposed to be Grizabella in the original London production, huh. but, like, tore her Achilles tendon and wasn't able to do it. Oh, wow. And so it's really, really come full circle for her. So I'm sure this sure. was a very emotional experience. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, Tyler breaking down right now is what I was laughing at, folks. <laughs> oh, no. No. My IMDb. 
my song list. Um, <laughs> so there are... Uh, Tyler, at this point, did the movie like completely break you? Like, wh- what was what was what was the point? I was fascinated the entire time. It was okay. I was invested because okay. I was just I could not look away. There wasn't a point where you're just like this movie is beating me into submission. I just want to to no. take all my toys and just go home. Did we talk about the the original number with uh, Victoria and Grisabella? We're about or to is get that, there. Is that we're about to get there. Yeah. Okay. So they start the whole number and they all welcome, and then there's like this big uh, like. Full cat like ballet dance sequence. Two cats are wearing uh, sneakers because I get or trainers, I guess. I believe are are. Am I making this up? Do Rumple Rumpel Teaser and Mungo Jerry not? I thought they were wearing shoes. Maybe they are. They I might be. be. They be might wrong. be. And so they're all now. Everyone is in the Egyptian, which is this, be- this old theater, and you see Ian McKellen uh, walking around going. <laughs> Ian McKellen, I felt horrible about that. And you see a bunch of other cats. I, it's just weird with Ian McKellen because I remember the story on the Hobbit movies where he was having, like, he was having like a mental yeah. moment yes. when when he was just like it was all blue screen and he didn't know how to handle it. I think it's. I'm the, imagining it happening literally every day. He's on set for this yeah. movie. The difference is that was all tennis balls and sticks, and this is actual people in mocap. They're suits, all. So. He is interacting with people. At least he had that that opportunity. And uh, so you see all these different cats, and they all start just. Celebrating and performing. We're at the Jellicle Ball. Hooray! And they're dancing and Dazzler's putting on a show. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> but Grizabella's there and... Wait, wait, wait. I think we might be skipping something here. Because I think we need to address, and maybe I'm, I'm jumping ahead, but I want to address it anyway. Uh, how the cats react when they see the moon. If you remember. I might have looked away at this point. Because, take, take it away. Because... They get into the so the Egyptian is this like hotel thing, it's mm-hmm. like a big open area, and there's holes in the ceiling, so the moon is shining through, and they all start to kind of gather in here, and, and this might be later in the movie, I might be getting this mixed up, but they all start to sort of gather in here, and then they immediately begin to like, I don't know a good way to describe it that doesn't sound just like overly sexual, which it um, is. But, like, they just sort of, like, become rigid and just, like, look around. You're right! And, and like, like... All of, their, all of their tails yes. go straight and... All of their tails point directly up, and they start, like... Quivering. Yeah, like... Oh, yeah, it, that is... It, so it, the moon sh- turns them on. It's so, I, think, I think they probably intended it as, like, a dowsing rod situation. Sure. You know, or, like, an antenna. It looks like erections. Yes. Hundred percent, and they're so all the, just like so moving. The moon this, turns them they're up. all yeah. moving very slowly and in a weird formation. And Victoria starts to become overcome by this. Yes, 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 yes. And like, which you know, again, like this is silly because we all know cats don't like the moon. Werewolves <laughs> like the moon. Dogs like the moon. Of all the weird things I could compare this to, I remember reading The Giver in, <laughs> in school, and they talked about the stirrings. <laughs> oh my god! Do you remember this? I never read The Giver. I'm not. <laughs> I've only seen the movie. They describe something like the, the stirrings, and it's like adolescence oh, no. and whatnot. I'm like, oh, I can stop right now. <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> well, so so after they all just get so that rigid, <laughs> and they all relax afterwards. I guess. At what point in the movie is this? Like, we're, are, what we're about, about midpoint? Okay, so we're in the middle of the second act. No, middle I, of the first act. No, middle, middle of the show, middle of the show, middle of the show. Because I don't feel like anything's actually happened. Well, Nothing does really happen. Not really, except, okay. <laughs> except for like the stuff I added in about like we're getting this, these seeds planted of McCavity is, is capturing the cat. Yeah, but that, 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 feels like, that feels like a subplot. It I doesn't feel like... Unveiling 
the ultimate problem with adapting this to yeah. like a general audience is that the musical has no plot. The musical okay. is it's a premise. It's not a it's, plot. It's yeah. We're we're putting these because I I have no sense of story. Like I'm I, I I know I understand what the end goal is and what everybody's trying to. Yeah, but there's not really the musical is basically like there's ten vignettes of different cats singing things. Which again, in a theater, you're willing to buy that because that's a thing that plays do all the time. Where it's just like a series of musical performances, and they used to do movies like that, like Broadway melodies and whatnot, back in the 30s. But you just don't get that anymore. But in this, like, it's weird. And again, I I applaud the attempt to give it more structure. And I actually think that the way they went about it was smart. Like, I again, like, did it completely? Like, they did it have to rework everything yeah but i think that some of the things they 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 did i was like oh you know what that makes sense within the lore set up in the show like good job like lee hall who's smart um (laughs) and again did a great job with uh rocket man and he wrote billy elliott but all that's happening and uh nothing like grisabella victoria sympathetic to grisabella so they go outside and Grisabella sings a little bit of memory but then victoria decides to comfort her by singing the original song beautiful ghosts Mm -hmm. Co-written by Taylor Swift and Andrew Lloyd Webber. Tyler, what did you think of this song? I actually quite liked it. I was fine yeah. with it. I really got to say. A, a lot of times in movie musicals adaptations, they add, they foist in a new song to get an Oscar nomination. I think this one is one of the better yeah. versions of that. Yeah. In that I think it's it's actually really not a bad song. The lyrics no. are pretty good. Uh-huh. I think Francesca Hayward, who's not a singer, but I think she sounds pretty good no, singing No, she does it. a good job. And I think that... The, um, this, is the, this is pretty much... Everything with Jennifer Hudson, yeah, and and by extension, then this song is the only stuff that ever made me be like, oh yeah, this is okay. This is kind of interesting. Like, and I weirdly like enough, it's this. because they're not having to move too much. It's yeah. mostly st- it's like monologuing, so it's not very dynamic. And I will say, touching on the CGI, Francesca Hayward is probably. I mean, I assume because this happened because she's just like the, the focus, yeah, or like kind of our quote unquote protagonist. Um, she is definitely the best designed in terms I of kind of agree. what they I think how so. they kind of turn so. her into a cat. <laughs> That's and it's I more and say. she's also so it's very like the the this is the the archetype. Everybody else are like, okay, but you're this cat, you're you're you know the Gumby cat, so we're gonna give you like Gumby the rub the rubber guy. <laughs> Sorry, now I'm thinking about that. You're you're Rubcom Tugger, so we've got to put this kind of flavor on yes. you. Or, you know, you're the theater cat or the railroad cat, so we have to give you these extra accoutrements. With her, it's like, you are, you're pure white cat. Yes. You're just the driven snow. Yes. Again, virgin metaphor. You you are this, this new, you are just a cat. Yeah. And so that's why, it's a much simpler design, which I think is one of the reasons it might, it might translate. Um, and, and Francesca Edward also has naturally very large eyes, and I think maybe that helps sure. a little bit. Um so all of this, but now uh, after Beautiful Ghosts, which again I, I quite enjoyed, uh, Judy Dench sings the moment of happiness, moments of happiness, and something that doesn't really make any sense. Um, now it's time for Gus the theater cat. Now I, I think we we probably gave it away, but who do you believe Gus is is played by? Who do I got left? Is that Steen McKellen? Uh, uh, the celebrities, I think. Uh, so. Yes, I think so. Yeah, Steen McKellen. Okay. Now, Gus, <laughs> Gus's whole thing... I was like, did I get it yeah. right? <laughs> Gus's whole thing is that he is... He was the cat by the theater door. But he's, the, the idea is that he's like this, this actor past his prime, rel- like looking back on his former glory. Perfect part for Ian McKellen uh-huh. in a non-cat movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> now, perfect part... Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Non-cat movie. Because it's not a song that Ian McKellen can't sing, but this is not a song that requires a lot of singing, yeah. really. 
And I think he does a really... Because he, he basically does it as a monologue. And I yep. think it's pretty effective. Yeah. Because Ian McKellen is such a good actor. And he's just like this sad old man who's like, oh, I remember I used to... When I played this character. And it's... The, the character always goes back to is called the like... The Fiend of Five Fiddle Thumb or something like it, that. Something along that line. Like, that he was basically like a villain in, in the piece. Mm-hmm. And he keeps remembering... and he's But he's like this old man. His like, hands are shaking. And he's like, but I remember being the fine old fiend... And he's doing these like voice, and you're like, oh, he's remembering yeah. what he, you know, how how beautiful is that, you know? Uh, imagine James Earl Jones still sounds like James Earl Jones, but imagine him being like, but I remember when I played Darth Vader and doing the yeah. voice, like yeah. that. It's that idea, and and at the end of this this monologue, which again is one of the few like actually touching moments because Ian McKellen is so good. Mistopheles manages to get a little bit of magic to work, and it creates this like lightning effect yeah. behind him to like boost the like the fine the fiendish fiend or whatever and then the spell is immediately broken by all the cats applauding and meowing very loudly for a while another thing we haven't mentioned at this point uh is the fact that many of the times after like any sort of uh, extensive dance numbers Mm. and it especially gets bad towards the end of the movie um if ever if there's silence and everyone stops there's just this wave of heavy breathing yes this is not a joke. This is a, this is a thing that happens at least two or three times, where there will be a big dance number and everyone stops and they're all just looking around and it's just panning around, looking at all of our cats, and everyone's just breathing heavily. I don't want to to speak out of turn, but I'm getting the sense that this movie is like if you took the rave scene from The Matrix Reloaded and made that a full feature film without stopping, also mm. with cats. Also with cats. Also with cats. <laughs> uh, I, I would like Which is to... in terms of like completely disrupts everything going on around it and it's just like the most uncomfortable thing yes, you could imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's when I was te- messaging Catherine about I was giving her a live update of this whole thing. I said, Ian McKellen is such a beautiful actor. They all started meowing and yelling, I wanna die. And his number wasn't terrible because he engenders such <laughs> sympathy. But that's because his talent punches through everything. And so above above above. Um, I said, I'm overwhelmed by opinions as a movie fan, a musical theater snob, and a human who doesn't like horny cat people. <laughs> now, after Gus, is time for the next cat to make, and literally transitioned by Judy Dench going, next, Skimbleshanks. Yes. Now, Skimbleshanks is my favorite song in, in the show. I do think we should address old, old Gus. Okay. What happens to him. Yes, because, he does. Because he does his performance, and then... Um, McCavity. McCavity uh, then proceeds to ask him to like get take an autograph or something. He's like, "Hey, come come down here. I, I love your work. Him. Yeah, I want to get an autograph." Um, and then he he whisks him away. When he does it, he says, "McCavity." <laughs> it's true, <laughs> and it's just like and I, this was one of the one of the several moments in the movie yeah. where I, I like had to stop myself from burst out laughing. It did, is like did, a it did, is right McCavity. Did Tyler immediately go McCluskey? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. it's wild. Very cool. Yes. So Skimbleshanks is a railway cat. Who is in charge of the railroad? Boy, is he! And he is a cat with a little red vest and a long handlebar mustache. Now, in the uh, DVD that I that I enjoy, he's played by a guy with a delightful Scottish accent. Who's huh. very fun, and he does all these little like miming of things and all the cats because like the set is kind of like a junkyard, uh-huh. and so they all get these like found like junk, and they sort of make this big train. That they're all kind of like, yeah. and so in the audience, they're like. Oh, cool! They're all messing around and like pretending to be a train. Like it's a fun- like in the Jenny Any Dots number, the cats come out with these big like fake mouse heads that are made out of garbage, which is again like you're either going okay, that's to evoke yeah. mice, or it's the cats being like, look, I'm 
Jenny, telling her story. I'll join in and play one of the mice. That kind of thing. And in the movie, they actually have them... They try to turn Skimbleshanks into a tap dance number, which it's not really. Um, and they're all tap dancing on the rails yes. of a railroad, which is where, where, again, they don't know how big Cats is. Sure. Because they look about the size of squirrels sure. or mice, like very small uh, tap dancing on, on the rails. And there's not a whole lot that's crazy in that number aside from that. Um, yeah, it, it transforms the scene into a railroad. It's actually, I kind of like that little bit little section uh it's it's like they've they brought in these like fake railroads and they've transformed the scene after they're like dancing on them for a while like they there's like kind of a turn yeah and then suddenly they're on like a real railroad real railroad uh out like kind of over the river uh and they're dancing along and tap dancing or whatever it's kind yeah. of fun the river thames as we and, as we would remember from james corden's terrible riff earlier about how it's not yes. called thames it's thames go on uh, and and so they're all dancing along there, and uh, they, there's there's a couple of nice wide shots of, of yeah. like the moon in the background and the, seeing how small they are on mm-hmm. the bridge, and like it's 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 pretty effective, I think, when when they they're dancing along, and you're like, wait, did they ju- what what just happened? And then yeah, yeah. It turns around, and you realize that the building is gone behind them. Like yeah. It's it's just their imagination, and that's kind of neat. And again, it's a movie that is a shot that in an animated movie, how great a number yes. would this be? Yes. Where you can really take advantage of all of that. So now they're all dancing around, and Skimbleshanks has done his bit, and also been whisked away by McCavity. And suddenly, all the lights go out. <gasps> what? That's not supposed to happen. Um, and then there's a moon that lowers. Correct. Very slowly. And who's in that? Why, it's Bombalurina, who's kind of this, like, mall type. I wonder type. who that could be. Who do you think, Alex? I don't, I don't. Is it Tom Hooper? <laughs> yes, Tom Hooper. <laughs> Yeah. No, it is, it's of course, do you know who it is? You have, I think, one option. Uh, yes, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yeah. And she's uh, almost this, like leopard print kind of cat. And she's like lounging and laying around. And she starts to sing about McCavity. Because she's like his Harley Quinn. Yes. And she's supposed to be his like, like I remember in the movie, or the, 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 the DVD, very clearly it's this very sensual number where it's all this like writhing and like, it's a very like old twenties like McCavity, McCavity. Yeah. There's no one like McCavity. So it's supposed to be just like dripping with sex. Like that's the idea. But the thing is, this is also coupled with them using catnip. <laughs> she has a big salt shaker of catnip that she's using to I guess hypnotize all the cats. Yes. And uh Rebel Teaser and, and Mungo, Mungo Jerry, Jerry your, your favorite cats, Alex, uh are also are helping. Also and also Griddlebone, and who we only know because they name him in the in the song but never says anything. Sure. Now here's and the thing about this number, Taylor Swift, I think Taylor Swift is a very sexy woman. I think she's very pretty. I think she's a you know writes a lot of fun songs. Not really a singer. She's a pop singer. Sure. She's also not a great dancer. That's kind of like one of her things is she's like an awkward dancer. Yeah. So she doesn't handle the, this, like, very snaky kind of choreography. I mean, she handles it okay, yeah. but there's still some awkwardness to it, and she's not really selling the song. The attitude is there, or the catitude, you might sure. say, is there, but not really the... It's like it's like she, she, she she's just out of her element enough, even though she's got the confidence for it. So that doesn't really work. Now, within all of this, McCavity makes a grand entrance. Idris Elba. Oh, man. The, the closest the movie's going to come to being sexy. Here comes Idris Elba. And, it's, and he starts sidling up and the music is building. 
He rips off his hat. He rips off his uh, coat fully naked in a complete reveal. And that was when I took a picture of my face. I was shocked and horrified. It is the most horrifying moment of the movie. Yes. I cannot um, put so it I into think, words. I think we need to explain a little bit here. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm confused. Like, what What exactly are, are so, we... So like, is it just like... He is not technically... Okay, so there's a, there's a few elements here, all right? We gotta break this down. There's layers. Um, heavy side layers. Heavy, they are heavy, heavy side, side, side layers. Heavy side uh, like heaven. <laughs> so... I feel like after you said that, that the movie like it just has this heavy breathing, I feel like I should have just been doing that the whole episode. No, you like, shouldn't have. No, for me. <sighs> Alex. <laughs> Less than 24 hours have passed since I've seen the movie. <laughs> Give it time. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll do that in so, the next episode. So yourself right. Whenever we start talking about Bond again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty much all of the other cats in the, uh, the film have uh, some sort of... Uh, like pattern, yeah, for the most part, stripes, spots flowing um, from one color to the next, and a lot of them are so, so like none of them really like. I guess the best way I can say it is that the color of their face does not match the color of their, their fur, uh, it, okay. it, in the sense of like the actor themselves, their, their, their t- skin color is not the, the color of the rest of the fur, yeah, that, that's a good way to put it, and there's well, also patterns on the fur and everything, so that it. It makes them look like a cat. The other thing... Yeah, or, or it's like, uh, they, they with someone like uh, uh, James Corden, they make his face, like, very, very white. Yes. Like, they, powder they, they white, like, and he's a black and white cat. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that nobody else in the movie is nearly as buff as Idris Elba. Right. Uh, everyone else is, is pretty slender, there's not that dancers, uh, or it's like uh, James Corden or... Uh, uh, Robert Wilson, they kind yeah, of play yeah, yeah. up. Oh, they're like, oh, now, yeah. now they're super fat. And, and so I'm they sure give that, them a big CGI yeah. belly. And I'm sure that Robbie, Robbie Fairchild is, like, ripped. But he's dancer build. Exactly. So he's slender. And again, he's patterned, so you're not seeing outlines. So all these mocap people are very slender. They're very, like, they've got these patterns. They, it all kind of works. It's like, it's like, I mean, it doesn't. But no, but comparatively. It might as well work um, compared to what this is. Because this, you just saw about, there are no patterns. His fur is Idris Elba's normal skin color. Yeah. There are no patterns. There is no attempt to, like, change him into, like, a... I don't know, like... I don't know what they could have done. No. Uh, aside from just, like, not have him take off all his clothes. Yeah. Uh, but it look Yeah, yeah. But it just looks like Idris Elba is naked. It looks that's, like... That's the ultimate end thing. He's, he's naked with the, the Ken doll effect. It's a Ken doll. <laughs> like, yeah, that's except basically... Like... Yeah. What we're, oh, what we're really and truly. About. Oh no! But also the way he removes his jacket is like in a vaudeville, like burlesque show. So because this number, it, that's the other thing is it has like a kind of burlesque angle with all these big lights and everything, and be, all these dance numbers. And he rips it off like, "Here you go, boys. Yeah. Here's everything." He, his body is not even slightly close to like the shape you could do for an anthropomorphic cat. He's just yeah. a big dude, and so like. So it's like he's a naked Ken doll with fur. Yes, and very short fur, and now, but now also you have Idris Elba with the cat ears, which yes. is a, that, so now you got the creepy. How I talked about, he wasn't as creepy as the others because he was so covered. Yeah, yeah. Now he's as creepy as the others and worse. Yes, and like also, I mean, even like his his face is not because the, no, like, his face isn't creepy. Every, well, no, I'm saying, but everyone else is kind of like because they're smaller people, they kind of like blend in the, oh, right, the, right, right. the sides of the face a little bit so that they've got more of a rounded cat head. Yeah. Idris Elba has a big head too because he's a big dude. Yeah. And so like they don't really, 
they just stick ears on it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, that's true. And there's not like tufts nothing... of fur. Yes. Because like Judy Dench has like long yeah, fur. Yeah, they give him like a mane maybe. Or yeah, because so, she like almost has like lionish kind of mane or like. And you mentioned Victoria, but again, there's like a lot of fur on her. Monkey Strap has like tufts of fur yes. around his head. Yeah, but he is just eat yourself with cat ears stuck on his head. <laughs> it is, it is shocking. Like, <laughs> you still don't understand. You have to see it to believe it. I don't want to see it. Like, I'm I'm good. So they're doing this big number, and I'm like, the one opportunity this movie had to be sexy was Idris Elba or maybe Taylor Swift. They have now thrown everything out the window. Yes. So McCavity now commits the greatest sin of all. He magics away old Deuteronomy. What are we going to do without our queen? Well, thankfully, they have their own magical cat, Mr. Mistopheles. But wait a minute. Mr. Mistopheles, he can't do magic. He's been messing up the whole movie. Does he have chemistry with someone that can maybe inspire him? That's right. Victoria rolls up. I thought you were going to say, no, the moon. The moon. <laughs> but so then well. everyone's like, Mr. Mistopheles, you can do it. You can, you can magic them back. Now, and so now we do the song, Mr. Mistopheles, which is a song that a lot of people know from the show anyway. Yep. And it's like, oh, well, never was there ever a cat so clever as a magical Mr. Mistopheles. And it's a very fun, high-energy number. Or in the show, Mistopheles comes down and he's like... Got this big glowing vest on. He's like, yes, presto. And in the show, uh, Rum Tum Tugger takes a lot of the vocals. And he's like, he's quiet, he's small, he's black. From the ears to the tip of his tail. And so it's like this cool like soft rock and then big vaudeville, like showbiz number. But in this, they have Mr. Mistopheles be shy. So the melody slowed down a lot. So him going, I am quiet, I am small, I am black. From the ears to the tip of my tail. I'm like, except for all the white on you as well is there. And so, oh, I also like to point out. What a in, plot hole. In the McCavity song, there is a lyric. McCavity's a ginger cat. He's not a ginger cat. His eyes are is sunken in. Is he a ginger in. cat in the actual stage production? In the stage production, he looks like a neon werewolf demon. Okay. So no. So kind of red in there. At least it's the version that I saw. Right. Okay. But uh, he does, he's not Ginger Cat, and he also, his eyes are not sunken in. They're glowing in green and right in front of you. Don't take it all literally, Britain. You're right, it's a suggestion. Yeah. Uh, they mean Ginger in that he's soulless. You gotta, um, look, deep, you gotta look deeper. Take that, Weasleys. Sure. And you, you gotta so, look deeper than that. Bro. I do. I don't want to look any deeper in each other than I already got. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, so he magics Deuteronomy, but Mr. Rostov is going to try to bring them back. This sequence takes way too long, I felt. Sure. It's supposed to be like a build-up, but he does it, and then he fails, but he brings out the mice again. Uh-huh. We get to see the terrible mice. He eventually Thanks does He eventually does bring out... He only gets Deuteronomy, but they act like that's fine. Cut back to the boat where Rebel Wilson remembers, oh, right, I'm a lizard, and unzips her fur again because that was what was keeping her tied up. So now she can weasel out of the chains and get Bustopher Jones out. Um, to fight Growl Tiger, Bustopher Jones, James Corden, does hack up a, a hairball at yes. Growl Tiger and spit it at him. Gross. And then he like is running from this, and then uh, uh, Ian McKellen is like, I'm the fiend of fighter to do! And then... <laughs> you shall <laughs> I mean, not purr! And yeah. then Growl Tiger falls, he's like, oh my goodness, Berlin! And he falls into the... <laughs> The water, presumably to drown. Apparently. Presumably he drowns. Probably. So then they all somehow get back to the Heaviside Lair. We're all together. We're, we're, we're going to make this delicate choice, right? I mean, it's, it's almost over. 
Nope, because Grizabella has to make her case. And then she does. She sings Memory, the big song from the show. I actually got goosebumps, like, the way I was supposed yeah. to. Because it's a beautiful... It's, musically, it's very powerful. Lyrically, it's fine. However, uh, I do have a couple of concerns. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, well, it's, it's really just wood. It's, it's the way they... I mean, basically, I think the biggest problem is just that she's constantly got snot dripping out of her nose. <laughs> yeah, because she's so emotional. She's crying. So, but, like, yeah. through not just through the song, but, like... Oh, they, exactly. I'm yeah. saying that is an effect the movie chose to do on her. Right, right. Uh, in pretty much every scene we see her in, <laughs> like she's constantly like sobbing or crying or whatever. But it's like Maverick, all alone in the because like, like, they weren't already giving the actors enough handicaps. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, which, like, I guess maybe is maybe part of the design of the show. So, uh, like in some, I don't remember. I just remember her being fashion. very like made up to look very very old. Yeah, in Bedrive. I remember there being like snot or anything. Yeah, it's just very. It's a weird choice. So it is under. It does undercut things a little bit. Yeah, and so like at, the, at in, and like she's she's belting this out. Oh man, and then, singing like, her heart out. You're you're she's belting this out, but she's got just like this yeah. weird cat face that they've like just messed with to like until it it just looks yeah. disturbing and. Yeah. So if you look away and just listen to it, yes. oh, it's quite powerful. So she does her big thing, and then J- J- Judy Dench is like, it's time to make the jellical choice. Alex, who do you think? Which is just a choice. Who do you think gets yes. to go to the Heaviside Lair? After all of this fun, all of this whimsy, everyone's introduced themselves, basically saying, I work on the railroad. I am fancy and fat. I teach mice children. Which we should specify. Um there is a point. The only other, I believe, the only other motivation we are given for any other cat for wanting the jellical choice is, I, I think, it's for Buster for Jones uh, to not be fat. Oh yeah, and that's something that someone else. Rebel Wilson says. makes a joke that he wants to be skinny so he can get fat again. Yes. Oh god. And that's like the only time we have no idea why these guys want to be the jellical choice. Basically, yeah. I think it gets very meta, and they look directly out. Out of the screen, and they go, "You," and they're pointing right at you, Britain. <laughs> well, Maybe it was you. They're going to the, say, "You've you've suffered long enough." You're the monster at the end of this. Hold book. that thought. Hold that thought. Uh, so it is, <laughs> yeah, it is Grizabella. Grizabella gets to go to the Heaviside. Which layer. one's Grizabella? The glamour cat. Oh, okay. <laughs> so she she gets in this uh, basket of a hot air balloon. I'm sorry, I didn't write down the names. <laughs> and, and a hot air balloon lifts, and they're all singing and journey to the Heaviside Lair, and she's. She and Victoria connect. Judy Dench says, Victoria, you are a jellicle cat. Victoria's like, oh, I never thought I'd be so... Oh, my goodness. Um, you're really going to lay that much pipe in my sink? And all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I think I have sex cancer. And, so, <laughs> uh, and all that stuff is going on. Subtext. And then uh, they all gather outside. It's dawn. Ah, oh, the circle of life. Appropriately, they all sit on a lion statue that, if I'm looking at proportions, would probably come about about up to my knee, probably. Maybe a little above my knee. There's like 20 cats on this, because apparently these cats are very small. Sure. These are like littlest pet shop cats. Sure. The cats sing this song about whatever. Then Judy Dench barrels the camera. Looks right at you. Which, again, in a play, totally what happens. And sings about how cats... Now you know all about of us and how to, like, when you meet a cat, what should you do? You should bow and call them by their name and all this stuff about cats. There's a whole thing about cats are not dogs. And they repeat that two or three times. She also says, cats, maybe now you've realized cats are just like you. And I said, they're sinners. And then... (laughs) 
<laughs> and this goes on again for a while. And Judy, this is not like okay, we we've got like a big a big cast and they're all standing around. And Judy Dench is like she's facing us and she she looks and then we we look at the cats do dance and then she we come back and she's yeah. like you know maybe uh, taking up like a, t- a ninth of the frame. She's in the middle of the frame or whatever. Yeah. No, this is a close up on Judy Dench's <clears throat> horribly CGI cat face. Yes. Uh, with both. Victoria and uh, Mr. Mustafa, or not Mr. Mustafa, Monkey Strap, I think. Yes, that guy. Uh, looking on, on each side of her, staring Excuse intently me. at her uh, in like rapt wonder while she is staring at us and directly delivering this monologue yeah. about how, what cats are. Yeah. Which again, I did yeah. not like it. It was. It was <laughs> I did not. Like it. It was and it's a moment that even in the show is very static because they're all just sitting there looking at you talking. Sure. And the music isn't very interesting. It's just this long. It's uh, chess. One of my favorite musicals. The demo album opens with just a song about the history of chess, and it's very boring. But this is ending on that, and you're yes. just like, just get to the end. And and also Jennifer Hudson is just floating away at this point, and we're like, just, so this is good. She's right? just floating in a basket because. And also, I should point out within this time, a lot of cats are nuzzling each other and rubbing yeah, their heads on yeah. the, on themselves and each other. So all this is going on. And then now we know about cats, and then we see the balloon float away, presumably to get hit by a plane. Yeah, I was gonna say, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, or the, burn up in the atmosphere. The musical is specifically like, okay, the, the, it's like the moon that yeah, that yeah, yeah. the moon kind of in, in the movie, but the moon comes down and the and Grisabella gets on it, and then she floats up and she's up into the the, the ether, the rafters. Yeah, and it's like okay, she is. crazy magical. Who knows what happened? Yeah, and, whatever. And she's gone, and we don't have to think about it again. This specifically, she's riding a giant hot air balloon, and she just keeps going. Yeah, and it's like what I think is... it kind of blinks out. At it one does point. eventually, like magic away. What? And then <laughs> it is concerning. And then the movie. I think they killed her. I th- I think she dies. I think that's the thing. And then it's the end credits. We made it. Cats. Tom Hooper. Tom, directed. directed by Tom Hooper. So there's not like an air of like, oh, something like like foreboding or something like slightly dark or depressing. Oh, oh, I forgot to tell you. While she, when 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 the, she is first floating yes. up, there's a ribbon trailing down, and McCavity jumps up to try to like, yes. I'm gonna go to the heaviside layer too, and I can't remember how we get how they get him off. He he just slips. He, he just sli- can't okay, hold on, and he slips, yeah. and he lands on like a statue. That's it. and he's yeah. like, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. So again, um, two cats have died in this movie. No, this is all supposed to be super heavy. This is all supposed to so be, it's like, very moving. Yeah, she's going to the cat heaven. Okay, so the movie's just asking you not to think about the it. The movie's at all. asking you to think it's fun and, and good and moving. Remember the the freaking tagline of this thing was like, "This December you will believe." Yes. Dare to dream, all that nonsense. And again, I really can't emphasize enough in the play. Like, it's not a masterful show, but it is so much easier to accept this stuff in a play. Yes. And to be like, I this is a spectacle. About just different vignettes and just songs about cats. This Heaviside Lair thing is just there to give it some kind of shape. I'm just here to witness the musical spectacle, the visual wonder of this genuinely great dancing in these objectively impressive costumes. It's still creepy, but it's a different deal. In the movie, they try to add all this other stuff, which again, I appreciate. But like, yeah, and then it's just over and I just sat there, gave it two middle fingers twice grabbed my, snatched up my jacket, walked out of the theater, and said to the people I knew who worked there, I don't have a heart anymore. Weaker than I was. (laughs) So Alex, that, 
is the story of cats. What is your best thing and your worst thing about cats now that you've seen it? Uh, my best thing is that I didn't actually have to watch the movie. <laughs> sure. Um, and my worst thing is that I just had to sit and listen to literally anyone tell me what happened in Cats. Sure. It is, and it, I, I really, I don't know if we've gotten across, because like, this is the thing that I was, got afraid of the in the true, movie. The true defeat was the enemies that we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> because I guess when I was watching the opening, I was like, what if this has all just been overhyped? And it's not as bad as everyone says, or what, you know, what if. You, it has to be seen to be believed. Like, it is, I really, so the tagline, I, you will believe. It, you it, will in believe one way, it was real right. bad. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I've left things out. I'm sure I've forgotten creepy moments or gestures or, because, oh, I think Ian McKellen does a lot with, like, a lot of tongue wagging at one point. There's a lot, right. of, a lot of tongue wagging in this movie that's very creepy. And, like, it's just... It, it, it it's so bizarre. It's not like I, I can't even assess like how they film the dances because even in Greatest Showman, which is a movie I strongly dislike and I really don't like the way they handle the, mu- the, the musical numbers. At least it wasn't visually horrifying, yes. and I was like, I was able to focus. I couldn't split my focus enough to. I was so like, this is so crazy what I'm watching. This isn't well made, but it's also so baffling that this is the way they decided to do it. Mm. I, I have issues with Johnny Depp's look in the End of the Woods movie as the wolf. Imagine if they took that, multiplied exponentially, and made a whole movie out of it. I have a feeling if the three of us were to sit down and watch this movie, we probably would laugh from the beginning to the end. I think so. Like, I think, like not not by us, like, oh, we're doing mad riffs on cats. Or no, 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 the just movie like itself. The, watching the movie and, like, having the infectious, like, oh my gosh, what did they do? And, <laughs> How and, did this happen? And honestly, like, like, this is a movie I want to watch people watch. There were many shots in this movie where, where a cat is just looking, and it, it's just, like, a still image that makes you want to laugh because it looks so bad. Yeah. Um, and, and then never minding the overtly sexual nature of a lot of it. The inadvertently sexual nature of sure. a lot of it, the the just baffling like, and and I, yeah, I understand like if you have no idea what you're in for, there's that. Even if you know the show, yeah. the way they transpose some of it is so baffling. The things they thought they could get away with in a movie doing it like this is so galling, and like I, I genuinely want to like. This isn't like a good bad in the way that the room is, where it's like I gotta watch it with my friends. But it's, it is ultimately a good bad movie, I think, yeah. where it's so baffling, but it's so confident and so believes in its own magic. And a lot of people, and I, and I will say this to the day I die, a lot of people think that the cat's play assumed itself to be great theater. I do not believe that. I think that it assumes itself to be better theater than it is, but it does not think it's prestigious Hamlet theater. Uh-huh. It's, I think it knows, and I think it's just like, yeah. let's just have some fun and do this weird thing. The movie, I think, believes that it is magical. Yes. And in, on the one hand, I really respect a movie that leans in. This movie would not be the experience it is if they had had... Yes. This is a movie that is so confident and leans in so hard and i honestly respect that i admire that one of the biggest enemies as we've seen in, in our, the movies we review a lot of bad movies made on the studio level are just lazy they're just boring this movie is not lazy it is not boring they mean every single thing they do it's which makes me almost feel kind of bad for them yeah. that is getting savage as much as it is but then when i watch it i'm like 
how 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 did you get this far into production? How many people did you ignore their critique and they're like, "That's not yeah. that's creepy. That's not okay." Or or how few people had those critiques? Like, it's so baffling. The number of so like from the trailer, people already grabbed some screenshots of like just faces, yeah, of just to make like memes out of them, like. Jennifer Hudson's crying face. Like, that. that is, like, yeah. people grab that screenshot as just, like, to put with, like, silly, like, use as kind of an image to attach with tweets. Or yeah, your reaction shot. Um, this movie is full of those. Like, the the trailer was not, like, oh, here's a few a few shots that out of context look silly. It's, like, no, they they had to take those shots, and all the, all the shots in the movie look silly in a way that makes it that looks so earnest like the, the the way the actors are trying to do this like it all looks so genuine that it's all hilarious and it's all bad so it, it's it's one of those like i know Britton, you said it's not necessarily a good you know movie it's so bad it's good but it's, I, I think it ultimately is but okay with, with but, with but it is one of the criteria that I think a lot of people assign to if a movie is so bad it's good is if everyone intentionally is trying to make a very good movie and it's just yes. like a complete failure in spite of all the effort put in. I it think, sounds like yeah. this foots the bill for that. I, I think so because I think a lot of the time you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about movies like The Room, like Birdemic, like Fateful Findings or whatever and those are all movies where they really, really believed in it and I think – they all believed in this too. What's baffling is that this was made at a, at a major studio level. A lot of good, bad movies are t- tend to be independent movies yes. that are financed by the writer, producer, director, star, whatever. And so that's why they got away with all the craziness is because no one could tell them no. But this was made by like – what studio did this? I think Universal. Universal. And so this is a, a major studio release that like passed so many desks you would yes. think and like – I, I just I just don't get it. It's amazing, and on a, in a way, I'm grateful mm-hmm. because I love good bad movies, and I love and, and again, I've I have seen 38 movies from 2019 as of this recording. Most of them are fine. The worst thing a bad movie can be is boring. This is not that. Right there, this is such a rich experience. This is such a unique experience. Like of all the, this is not one of the best movies I've seen all year, but it is. Maybe the most unique experience. Yeah. There, I can't think of anything like it, and I don't think anything will exist like this. <laughs> yeah, I don't I think know. they will act some projects. Yeah, not not intentionally, certainly. And I, it's just such. It just, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to rate it. I don't know how to, yeah, qual- quantify it or what kind of metric to judge it on. Aside from saying, I think it's a good bad movie. I don't know what to rate on IMDb. I don't know what to thumbs up, thumbs down. I don't know because yeah. I'm like. I certain people I absolutely think should see it, like friends of mine who I'm like, please, let's, I I have to watch you watch this. But it is such a bizarre experience. Such a, like I don't think we actively communicated it. Yeah, I mean, the, I think we did about as good a job. We as did the best we can. Yeah, someone having actually seen it. I do just, you have a great fruit, Britain? See, I do. You have one? I do. Go, you go, because I don't know where how to take this. So a plus, right? Look under the the tree here. There's one more present. Oh. It's what, the, oh. what what is this? What has Santa left us that we we missed? Oh my goodness. This is we we've he's he's brought out the old F plus again. <gasps> oh my goodness. Oh wow. Is, it's it's a jellical miracle. <laughs> <laughs> a jellical. 
Just a miracle. Can I? Just a miracle. Can I? Can I borrow an F plus? I think you can. Buy, I think I'm going to give an F plus. Yes. My uh, F plus means good bad movie. That is very much what the other two F pluses that I've doled out are Jurassic Park three. Yes. And uh, the Twilight Saga: Breaking Dawn Part two. I yeah. You know what? I think <laughs> this is so much beyond those. But I know what you mean yes. in that sense of like this is so bad, but it's. And it is sort of a rarity for us to get something like, and they, I think those all are, have similarities in terms of like, this is something that like was supposed to do well, and yeah, had yeah. real money put into it, yeah, and, and like, talented people involved. was just such a weird flop in a way that doesn't actually make me angry. Like it just yeah. makes me like sort of like, yeah, I was just want want to laugh at them, but in a way that is kind of endearing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like I was definitely grossed out by it, but I'm not like, oh, I uh, stupid movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just because so many people think that movies are either good and you like them or bad and you're mad at them, but that's not how movies work. Like it's so nebulous and there's so many different feelings you get. And this is one that, like, I think F plus is actually the perfect yeah explanation. It is such a bad movie, but it is such a rich experience. Yeah, you just you got to see it for yourself. But also do, unless you're Alex. In which case, come on, buddy, let's queue up the DVD. Yeah. It's already on DVD. I got it, you guys. <laughs> Well, in that case, I'm, I'm going to give it a good old dash because I didn't watch the movie. Because <laughs> you're dashing to the theater. <laughs> to be updated once you've seen the movie. Yes. No. Oh, and that I dash mean, could easily be formed into an F plus or an A that's for true. Alex. Or a dash. Oh, wait. Um, yeah. It is, it is a movie, to say the least. So I, I did a double feature of this movie after I saw that my double feature of cats. Yes. I saw it twice. I saw cats. I went to the gym and I was like, that did not do enough for me. I went out to a late show. I saw little women. I, uh-huh. I, I saw my most anticipated movie of 2019. I went to the literal other end of the spectrum of 2019. Sure. This is easily one of my favorite movies of the year. Okay. It's my recommendation for this episode. I'm not going to go super long on it. Uh, I just want to say it's so beautifully done. Uh, adapted by Greta Gerwig and directed by Greta Gerwig, adapted from the novel by Louisa May Alcott, um, turned into a Broadway musical starring Sutton Foster. And it's uh, it stars Saoirse Ronan, my favorite actor, who's just wonderful in it. Florence Pugh is so good after doing a great job in Midsommar earlier this year. Chris Cooper's wonderful. Laura Dern, Emma Watson, uh, Eliza Scanlon, the list goes on. It's just a really lovely movie that does a lot of things really beautifully. Um... And, yeah, and I think fans of the book will appreciate uh, the ending. I think there's some, some nice little tweaking that Gerwig does. In how a, do you, how do you nice feel way. that it will translate if you have no context for Little Woman? Book, movie? I still think it's just... Because that a, is one that I definitely, have, yeah. I, I definitely feel like I need to watch. I, I think it will still serve as just a well-done movie. Um, it's just really well-directed. The acting is really good. Saoirse Ronan slaps like multiple people throughout the movie playfully just like smacking each other and it's very fun huh. it just uh, I just found it to be a delightful experience uh, just yeah so my recommendation is Little Women especially if you've seen Cats earlier and you need to just be cleaned Sure, you need to just like you know what I'm gonna go watch this wonderful tale of sisterhood and family in Civil War and post-Civil War America sure yeah Little Women. Sounds good. Alex, man. do you have any? Did you see a movie? Do you have any recommendations? Uh, Rocket Man. Go watch Rocket Woo! Man. Rocket Man. Tally, you want to throw out a wreck? 
a New Year's wreck? Yeah, uh, cats. Woo! I think it's a... It is a wreck. Clack. Oh. Um, oh, jeez. I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I think that uh, most of... I don't know what my favorite movie of this year would be. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to do a top ten as we get close. Because I, I don't wait. I wait until the Oscars. I give myself time. Sure. So the, to me, the, the movie year ends with the Oscar ceremony. Um, I, I don't know what my favorite movie of the year is either. I could definitely... There's several I could throw up there. Uh, Booksmart, The Farewell. Booksmart might yeah. be, might take the cake for me. That, that's what that's I'm just such a good movie. I mean, there, there have been a lot. That I don't know. This year, I have gotten into like non-franchise uh, movies yeah, a lot yeah, more. Yeah. I feel like, uh, but I even then, I feel like there's a good balance of just like a lot of really, really good movies. This I agree. Year. Uh, I don't know if that's any, any more than usual, or if it's. I mean, just like yeah, I've seen a lot of good movies. I, I have seen fewer movies that I just outright love. Sure. But I have seen – there's only been a lot of solid stuff. I really haven't seen the two movies this year that I'd be like, oh, that's bad, or Cats and Dark Phoenix. Yeah. But like, those are such obvious picks. Like, I don't have anything, like, creative. Yeah, yeah. To, you know. Dark Phoenix was bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. I, I, so I, I, we can do a better retrospective as we get closer to it. Because I know I'm going to do my top ten list in the, our last episode before the Oscars, and we can all kind of sure. touch base then. After we've all had a little more time to catch up on some more movies, Alex, I know, has been eagerly wanting to see Isn't It Romantic? Um, yeah, I saw that. I <laughs> oh yeah, you did. And, <laughs> it was um, fun. And Alex, you left the Playmobil movie, right? Weren't you? Yeah, I was the only person that saw. You're it. the one person who saw. It. Yeah, yeah. But you were there in your very pain, uncomfortable Playmobil plastic cosplay. It's correct. <laughs> so it's uh, hard to get it to fit into the the little alligator submarine when I'm leaving <laughs> the Titanic. But you know, yeah, it doesn't really fold. I guess sometimes you just have to manage it. You know. Guys, do we have anything else to say for this episode? Or do we want to put this demon behind us forever? <laughs> do we want to go to the Heaviside Lair ourselves? I think so. Yeah. I'm just float uh, away and burn up. Yeah. You can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HCTSequels. You can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. And we're also on iTunes and Spotify. If you just give us a search. Well, thank, thank you guys for listening. I hope you all have enjoyed your, your year in movies. And, uh, and and get some good ketchup you, yeah. on your French fries. Yeah. And ketchup on all the great ones. Uh, I've been recommending a lot of movies from this year. I think there there are quite a few that are starting right now where everyone's like kind of – Like, oh, we need to go see. Yeah. It's like a Marriage Story and Knives Out. Uh, yeah. Those are both ones picking I've up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and like Uncut Gems is dropping. Uh, 20, yeah. 1917 is coming up soon. Yes. You know. Uh, 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 Hustlers was supposed to be very good. That's available now. There's a lot of lot, a lot of good movies. I, I know I've still got a few on my list. I got to knock out, and more 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 to come. But otherwise, I think I think 2019 had some cool stuff in it. As far as franchises go, actually, you know what? What do you guys think is the best franchise movie that we that from this year that we've that we've reviewed? I think I know mine. I gotta go with it again. I know, right? Me too. <laughs> I, I thought most of the genre stuff that I saw this year was actually fairly disappointing. I saw yeah. franchise stuff. Yeah, <laughs> genre movies aren't franchise movies necessarily. Well, you, you, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I'll I'm saying not all genre movies. Well, the, us the, is a genre movie. The well, just, diagram is mostly just a circle. Well, it's, true, it's, it's just like, it's just strange considering how much of the whining and moaning I did during the yeah. Endgame episode, and that's still the best one that yeah. I've seen. Sure, sure, sure. And I think like, does yeah. Joker count? I know we haven't reviewed that yet, but does that even count? Eh, that's apocryphal. Yeah, that's tricky. Not really. probably not. Yeah. Because, like, I, I think it would be the five that we did. Uh, Shazam's Far From Home. We gotta review Joker at some point, don't we? Cap, yeah. Captain Marvel. I gotta watch Joker at some point, then. 
it was a Shazam, Far From Home, Endgame, Dark Phoenix, and Captain Marvel. And then since then, y'all have seen, but I have not seen Dark Fate or Rise of Skywalker yet. So we still have those to get to. God, this year sucked. But like, <laughs> I real I had a lot of fun. Aside from Endgame, this year sucks. Shazam. And maybe Shazam. Yeah, I, Shazam, was a Shazam for me is is super forgettable. But also, but when you but when I'm rem- reminding you now, it's pretty fun. But it's forgettable. I don't know. I remember it fondly. I don't feel the need to go back and rewatch it. Sure, sure. I don't know. I had a good time with that one. Um, that to me is a good date movie. But but stuff like that. It Chapter Two, I thought was not great. Yeah. I've as as a as a plebeian who's only gone to see like the big yeah. blockbuster movies this year, I've been horribly disappointed by almost everything I've seen. Was John Wick three this year? Yes. Oh, there we go. John Wick three is the winner. Okay. That, that's <laughs> there you go. It's either that or Endgame. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, a lot more franchise movies coming up in 2020. SpongeBob, Sponge on the Run is coming. Uh, um, I would I would just like to point Scoob. out uh, in the ongoing saga of when will we review the next James Bond movie? Um, the Joker Joker does appear to be coming out uh, this week. Really? On on, uh, on Hope Lease. So there is that. Okay. <laughs> so so either cowards. So either <laughs> the next episode is going. I, so uh, the next episode is either going to be Joker, and then we'll get back to James Bond, or the next episode. I, I do think that... that Cowards! In the interest you of, didn't see Cats. We are the brave ones. I'll, I'll upload this podcast on December 31st, so that we don't actually uh, have... Uh, basically, so that we can have a clean cut, because if you look at what we've done the last two months, yeah. it's, been a, it's been a real... It's been quite something. Um, <laughs> And uh, I, th- I think in the interest of trying to start the, the podcast back on, on the right tracks in uh, January of 2020, uh, I, th- I think we should probably move on to James Bond. Then we'll, we'll, we'll have some catch-up. We'll do some catch-up uh, later on of the big franchise movies uh, that, that are going to be added on the end of this. Probably, probably wait maybe until Rise of Skywalker comes out on Blu-ray and just give it like a few months to let it all congeal. Uh, and then we'll, maybe we'll knock out a few of those. I think that's probably a better idea. Uh, so we can actually get something oh, done around here. <laughs> I, I I agree. I, uh, I think because, uh, and I think I've, I'm sure I mentioned this before, uh, but uh, as as uh, devoted fans probably know, uh, this is the only thing stopping us from getting to uh, Fast and the Furious. So that's true. Uh, that'll be our next big big franchise to tackle. That's true. Big things coming in the new decade. Yeah. So we're looking at. So then, does that mean our next episode will be James Bond? I think it will be. And Alex, which which title is that? The Living Daylights. The Living Daylights. I think I've seen that one. Um, yeah, we're gonna see our old friend Timothy Dalton, Mister Pricklepants himself. Correct. Uh, so we'll be watching him. That guy from the fourth season of Chuck. Sure. Um, oh, 2019 movies. Toy Story's the best franchise. We're done. There you go. Calling it now. I've been Britain. <laughs> I've been Alex. Guys, I don't know what else there is to say about cats. <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to make sure that we, we, we brought this back around. Um, because I wanted, I wanted to make sure we remembered what New Year's is all about. Um, and, and what this episode is all about. It's all about cats. Uh, that's why we did this. That's why we're here. That's why we're talking. Um, it's an abomination. It's, <laughs> it's just a horrible sort of crime against mankind. Um, and it was my favorite movie of 2019. 